<laughs> Sorry. We are live. We're live. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast, and it's hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we are joined by, I was trying to think of a nice way to put it, a, a threesome of of members today, uh, <laughs> of, uh, Grant, Graham, and Kev. Once again, Sam is getting teamed up by a lot of blokes, so I'm sure she's not going to complain too much. It's, it's becoming a regular a, thing, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it won't be the first time. And won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like girls, you have to come back on to support uh, Sammy as well. Like I say, she is um, feeling a little bit lonesome, shall we say. It was but lovely yes. having Dan on on Friday. I was like, I'm not outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your new best friend. The proper look, the woman crush that was going on that day was just crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to talk to people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, uh, that was a special episode. So if you didn't watch it on Friday, please go back and uh, review it. It was a lot of fun. It was one of the diff- different ways we've done an episode as well, where we actually just like basically got someone on and just went, who are you? What do you do? Tell us about yourself. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> We've got right on the spot. Yeah, in, in a less aggressive way, of course. Well, I hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And just to say hi to everyone in the chat. Oh, Thank I you know for joining us this Sunday evening. Yeah, Sam's been very excited because you've been all chatty and nicey to oh, each other. I just think it's lovely. It's a lovely um, thing to see. Well, before we get into this week's episode, I've got to ask the question. As I've been asking every week, and I will continue to do so until Paul finally tells us to stop. Um, how are you doing? How's your week been, and what you've been watching? <laughs> Doesn't get any che- less cheesier to do it. We're gonna have to think of like a, a rap you can do or something like that. Um, know, like I've got, I've got like a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the disclaimer down perfectly, so this like needs prof- this needs fine tuning. But yeah, how you doing? How's your week been? What you've been watching? Yeah, um, I'll let the guests go on first. Oh. So have, you, have you just watched anything interesting this week? We'll go with Grant to start with. Uh, no. Brilliant. Great start. Moving on. <laughs> because the uh, little music uh, project that me and Jake do with Adam, who does our theme song, and Paul, who's also really active in the group, um, we released an album earlier on this week. Um, so we've been scrambling to do PR. Well, not a, an album, it's an EP. Um, so we've been scrambling to do PR and I was mixing stuff down and we were sorting out album artwork and launching it and releasing it and all of that kind of shit. Uh, so I literally haven't watched a single TV show. I've had Sons of Anarchy on in the background, but I haven't even been watching that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working. <laughs> so it's been creating. So that's something that's a bit, like say, more important, shall we say, uh, than <laughs> slobbing out watching shit. <laughs> <laughs> have you been Graham? watching out interest oh, oh i'm sorry. just gonna say kev <laughs> see i'm going in the order that i can see on the screen that's why honestly i'm doing the same because granted kev sorry <laughs> sorry um what about you graham what have you watched or have you watched anything since you come back from your big adventure no well it's it's been really difficult like uh yeah because obviously as people who follow me on social media will know i was at rupaul's dragcon 2023 in london uh last weekend and that was a lot of work because <laughs> we were doing press for the girl podcast uh and so I was there in drag interviewing people and stuff and it was a lot of work you know like 6am starts getting into drag and then being on your heels until about 
seven, six or seven in the evening and then be like, I've got two hours. Then I have to go to bed to get up at six again. And it was, it's, yeah, you can see why people have it as like a, a full job because you're just like keeping happy and chatting to people all yeah. day when you're like, I want to kill everyone, you know, <laughs> which leads on to our subject, I guess. But no, uh, since I got back, <laughs> It's been really weird. Like, as you're getting older, you know how you used to be able to have a really heavy night and then just go, cool, I slept until 12 the next day, I'm sorted, kind of thing. And now it's like a week. It takes you like a week to regenerate from, like, you know, pushing yourself. (laughs) And it was like that. We were just all like, you know, it got to Friday and I was like, oh, I feel like doing things now. Oh, great. You know. Um, I have to to admit, though, you looked amazing in the the pictures. It's really odd. I don't I don't rate my drag very much, but then the amount of people like stopping me and being like, Oh, you look amazing, but I think it's because it's a bit different. Like even the other people who are there, they don't have the same style. So it's but mm. those dresses, they were worth the money. I got them custom made uh, to make an impression and it really worked. Um but the thing is, uh, yeah, I haven't watched any television this week, but since the last time I was on the podcast, I have binged Sandman. Uh, after oh, Sammy, right. you know, you were gushing about it and I just totally binged it. Uh, and it was really good. Like, it's, I kind of realized, I know you were saying that you're a massive gay men fan, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of gay men, but obviously it's not quite <laughs> the same thing. Right. But, um, but yeah, and then it, it, it was a bit weird. I'm not a, the biggest gay men fan, like in a weird mm-hmm. way. Like, I, I've watched yeah. all of his adaptations and they haven't really hit me that much. Like, I remember yeah. Neverwhere and I was a bit like, oh, and I remember like, um, Oh, what's it called? The mirror mask and stuff. I wasn't really keen. And then I loved Preacher, the comic, and I liked the TV show of that and whatnot. And I loved Stardust. So I was a bit like apprehensive, but then it got to like four episodes in. I was like, I love this. I can't wait for more of this. Like, you know, it was, it got into its own. And then you're like, yeah, yeah this is brilliant. We need far more of that. But, uh, yeah. It was weird though, as a gay as a gay person, being like, "There's a lot of gay people in this series," you know. Like, um, I was like, "They, they fit like two heterosexuals in the entire series," and you're like, "Well done, They're nice and inclusive there, very representative." But um, just talking about Salmon as well, what would you say was your favorite episode? With you just being like, watching it with fresh eyes and stuff. Oh God, uh, bizarrely, I love the one about the time traveler, the the guy who lives forever. I thought that yes, was really yeah. good. And, you know, that was the death episode, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Let's start off talking about it. I really liked that one and stuff. But um, oh, what was the other one? It was like, it was strange. The ones I liked were the ones where I felt like I wasn't supposed to like them. Like they felt like the, oh, yeah, this is material as well. And we'll get into that rather than this is the <laughs> mm-hmm. plot of the series kind of thing. Um, It was just really nice. It was kind of it's one of those ones where the first two episodes I found a bit odd because it was like, they were kind of establishing things and yeah. he wasn't that involved. And I was a bit like, oh, but then as soon as it got to like, oh, there's loads of casts. Like there's a guy who's a scarecrow. Like there's a guy with a pumpkin for a head and the librarian and like all these other characters. And you're like, oh, I like this now that it's a fleshed out world. But when it was mm-hmm. the beginning and it was like, hey, here's, you know, the the sorcerer guy who will never appear again. And here's this other guy. Oh, he's dead in the first episode. Right. Okay, cool. You know, it's. No, it's like um, very Game of Thrones-esque, like say with the like the, the characters as well. It was like we're going to kill off anyone and anyone, no one, like, yeah. anyone can die at any point. But I, I like that. Well. <laughs> Sorry, Kev, what were you about to say? Uh, the David Fuller's diner episode. Yes. That was it. That was it. The the diner, the episode, diner. and the uh, death amazing. episode. Like 
That was so good. And then obviously I was like, why is everyone gay in this diner? You know? <laughs> Where is it also? Well, not maybe not everyone. <laughs> but <laughs> speaking of everyone dying, that's the episode. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, Did anyone get surprised by Boyd Horbrook and how good he was? Who was he again? Boyd Horbrook. He was the um, the serial killer, the blonde one. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. I don't normally rate him, but he was amazing. Yeah. He scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like, so well done. The, yeah, the only thing that it was it was so hard to do, like having the teeth for eyes thing. Oh. Like, that that yeah. It, it could have been cringeworthy as well, but it, <laughs> and, and I just heard Charlotte in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the no, the teeth and eyes. No, mm. that no, don't do teeth. What about you? What about you, Kev? What have you watched this week? Um, well, before I get into that, I've just been asked by the missus to say something because um, oh. she's not ah, yes. she can't be asked to come on because she's yeah. dying a COVID letter. Um, so yesterday was um, a year since her mum had her operation for the big C, and everything went flying colours. So uh, yay! yay. And happy one year anniversary! Happy anniversary, Charlotte's um, mum or Deb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll call it uh, call it Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one she's not going to kill you for, it's all good. Alright, that's the thing. Um, like Charlotte's Charlotte mum will do. <laughs> yeah. So we, this uh, is Charlotte's mum. That, that was always good news. Um, so mm-hmm. the uh, board, so they went out for dinner, which was nice for them. Cool. Um, but yeah, getting on to that. Uh, the, oh, I think the only thing we've really watched, we watched a documentary called Killer Sally about um, a female bodybuilder who murdered her husband. Oh, so the first that, episode uh, of that. Now, I, I don't know what kind of divided me a lot because a lot yeah. of it could have really fucking been avoided really fucking easily. Mm-hmm. Very much like, so. That's what we find with most like killer things in America where you're like, oh, if only the police did their job, that could have mm-hmm. been avoided. It wasn't the police. She could have avoided most she of that. Could have she right, spending yeah. $24,000 a year on steroids for him. Problem solved. It was such a weird documentary because... You, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know what to think because yeah. I was like, one minute I'm on her side, next minute I'm on his, and then hers, yeah, and, yeah. and that was really just the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really divided things. Um, but there was one scene in it where she turned around, and goes, "I'm not going to talk about that because it made it'll make me look bad." I'm like, I'm pretty sure shooting your husband in the face with a shotgun <laughs> yeah. made you look bad, especially yeah. considering that you'd already shot him, walked out of the room, reloaded, and went back and shot him again, which at that yeah. point isn't isn't um, manslaughter, it's murder. So yeah. she yeah, slipped. Yeah, that makes like, you look bad. Could that have been <laughs> accidental? No, because she walked out of the room, <laughs> and the shell <laughs> from the reload was found in a different room. Why? So she she just stood on a banana peel after the, the gun had gone off in a hand. <laughs> are we going to and Jerry here? I already went through a load of scenarios and how could how this possibly could have happened, including the shell being kicked, but the gunshot residue was all over the sitting room, it's... not in the other room. There was no mm-hmm. blood trigger to say that he'd crawled. He was shot in the gut with a shotgun, and then he was shot in the face with a shotgun. If she if she just shot him in the face the first time and just that would say it, she would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Because Probably, of his history, yeah, but which she didn't. She did it the other way around. Yeah, right. she went into a different room, reloaded, and went back. So yeah, murder. Silly, so silly that girl. Make her look good. Um, <laughs> she doesn't watch Get no, Away with Murder. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> but we'll watch that. That divided a few opinions and caused a few debates. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Criminal Minds came back, so we watched that. Ah, I'm um, still obsessed with it. 
Det er noget, du kan lige vandt, står derhjemt. Ja, det var en grand slogs out. 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 Ja, det Um, the theories that we had for it were better than the actual episode. However, it was a very character-driven episode, which I'm not going to complain about in the slightest. Um, and I don't know if anybody watches Grimm. Yes, I watched, I, watched the, the, um, I watched the first season, then I went... Sorry. Yeah, well, you, you'll know the fella I'm on about, the big werewolf fella that ends yeah. up helping him with the boss eye. Um, oh, he made an appearance yeah. in it, and I think he's really good. So, I'll yeah, be happy with it, that. it's it's good with like all the cameos in because he was like a, that Grim. I think yeah. Grim was the first time he got his first like big break like, kind of thing. Big break, but he's been like loads of cameos and done loads of stuff with. Yeah. Like he's well known in American TV. Um, yeah, I think he's great. Cool. I've watched two interesting things this week. Interesting could go either way. Um, we all know I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan, so I finally got round and yeah. watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And oh, I... just too long. Um, I thought Brad Pitt was good. I thought Leonardo mm. DiCaprio was amazing, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was a pointless film and a pointless story oh, to tell. No. I didn't enjoy it. I thought oh. it was just waste of like waste of these amazing actors. But again, it didn't feel like a Tarantino film, so it's not me hating on Tarantino. Yeah. No, it, no, it, I it's, it was it, different. It's definitely not like the usual because the dialogue wasn't there. It wasn't their thing. It was just good performances. But it just seemed to be like sections of of films put together, like telling the story that would, again, I know it sounds really, maybe just not like thought was bad taste, like changing it around, like the Sharon Tate murders and not telling the story properly. And I I just thought if it did it properly. Well, it it was meant to be fictional. That's the thing that took a true life event and went, what if? What if? Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know. I I, I bawled my eyes out at the end of that film because I've I've read and you know got Mm -hmm. too invested in the Sharon Tate murders and you know with Charles Mm -hmm. Manson and that. And when she answers that phone, when she answers the intercom at the end, I burst into tears. And Carolyn's like, "What's the matter with you?" And I was like, "It didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) That did not happen." And I wish that it did. Yeah, the what only thing that oh, yeah. yeah, the only thing that made I, it feel like a Tarantino film is when um he got the flamethrower out and started flamethrowing oh, in, in the pool. That was like okay, now we're back to Tarantino, but like yeah. and, well, and the obvious foot fetish, like say got to get Margie Robbie yeah. in the in the center, uh, yeah. like flashing yeah. her feet and stuff like that. I was like, like, but other than that, it, it, I, I just thought, yeah, as Kev said, it was a too long of a story to not really tell a story as well. Yeah, it done the usual Tarantino thing. I'm going to take ten different stories, put them all together in no particular order, and you watch it how you want. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it and had no idea Aston Butler played Tex Watson. Yeah, yeah. But, didn't but know I did, that. But I did watch one of the weirdest and funniest. Yeah, <laughs> I did watch one of the weirdest and funniest, but it wasn't meant to be funny documentaries I've watched. Uh, the Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's on mine now yeah. after you after what you said. <laughs> it was literally just like an hour and a half of just like this guy like got interviewed after he attacked some bloke who he might have drugged to think he was Jesus to kill like black people, um, and then he became like an internet sensation because of his interview uh, he did and that they tried to make a reality TV show out of him, and he was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Mm. And uh, within three months of being in that fear, we end up murdering someone. 
Well, you know that that, that these things happen. You know, yeah, like bad days. Yeah, you know, it's, I feel really bad because I haven't watched it yet. Because like I remember when the video went viral, I was like, oh, he's really cute, and now I'm like, now I'm conflicted. Yeah. yeah, what what does that mean for me? Yeah, no, no, no. Let's not go wild here and say I wouldn't. But you know, it's still this idea. Of going, I think I think what I'd do is I'd empty the kitchen, I'd empty the knife drawer first, and maybe sort of like you know, and then you can come round. Yeah, then or, we'll, we'll we'll work it out. Maybe maybe meet. Or the just just here as I with this one. This time you tie him up. Oh, it, 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 it's, it's not, not competing. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's, it's too the whole, the whole idea and stuff. Like, bless him, he did have mental health issues and stuff. It was quite clearly that he, like yeah. everything did affect. Uh, again, I know if you haven't watched it, I'm not spoiling anything. But no, um, we know how it ends. To be fair, but, but, to be <laughs> yeah. fair though, he, he clearly didn't watch M- making a murderer either as well. That just put oh, that way. Oh, these people are messing up. You know, there's programs out there like Women Who Kill and How to Get a Woman. There's programs there who can help you. You know, bizarrely, yeah. I just watched. I just listened to a podcast earlier today, and it was about like this. Uh, that I forgot her name. Her name's Lisa, and she was an astronaut in America, but she was going mm-hmm. to be an astronaut, and then she she basically tried to kill her ex's like new girlfriend. She the one that just, wore the nappy. Yeah, well, she apparently <laughs> wore the nappy, and I was just like, and she's like, no, no, I didn't, and they're like. But you are confessing to everything else. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And he's just like, okay, right. So as long as you didn't wear a nappy, but you were still, you know, in a, and it was just crazy like this. And it just describes how like she was stalking this woman at the airport and she had like a fake wig on and a trench coat and just stood like a couple of meters behind her at all times. And this woman was like fully aware that like, <laughs> you know, it's like you've made yourself as conspicuous as possible. And we're like, and she was, going to be an astronaut you know, okay <laughs> you know, it's just this idea of going, okay well she was obviously a genius uh not that much though <laughs> yeah no but uh, it was the fact that like i said she decided when she was going to kill the person that she was it was a like, cross-country drive she wasn't going yeah. to stop she wore a nappy because she didn't have time to take any toilet breaks so wow. that, that's that that's how much she wanted to kill this person <laughs> I mean, dedication. that's commitment <laughs> Yes. It's weird though, the fact that she did all this stuff and then she like didn't think, oh, they'll be able to like send this woman loads of messages being like, oh, I hate you so much, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that could be seen as motive. <laughs> that could possibly <laughs> be a mark against you at some point. You know? <laughs> I love it. Um, yes. So I haven't watched anything this week, but what I have done is been listening to The Sandman on Audible. Oh, all right. You're obsessed. You're obsessed. <laughs> I really much am. It's my mother's fault. She was like, get it on the the free trial and then cancel your subscription. So I've managed to get all three of the volumes. Now go on. Hello. Hi, Mrs. Weatherwall. Hope you're having a nice <laughs> evening. <laughs> it should be, yeah. hello, Mrs. Weatherwall. I hope you're having a lovely evening. <laughs> to be fair, though, if I did that, I, I, I don't think I should could have contained this stuff. Should it be on a way to us now? So. Gushing. <laughs> Gushing. Yes, she, only lives, she, only lives, she only lives two minutes away, you know. <laughs> Sam's mum would be gushing everywhere, so. Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> believe the words my mum and gushing are coming out. And, you know, so <laughs> it's, my mother's, it's my mother's fault. I've um, I've gotten the Sandman. I've been listening to it, and holy shit, James McAvoy is amazing as mm-hmm. the Sandman. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Um, it's a, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm watching it, if that makes sense. 
like as as it's playing to us, I feel like I can I really can see everything because of the, yeah. the TV show has helped that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have had that experience the other way around. I think I would have mm-hmm. really struggled because I don't have my like, my brain can't function certain ways, and that is one of them. So I really am glad I watched the show first, but I am thoroughly enjoying it, and I got them all free. Oh, okay. <laughs> the yeah. northern way so that's all good exactly <laughs> keeping it northern keeping it dodgy <laughs> so um do you want to get your disclaimer out of the way young yeah, lady because because we forgot about it on friday <laughs> oh that's fine i, I was just I, we were going with the flow on friday nothing nothing was planned so everything blah, 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 blah. sorry Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. Uh, what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerdism. Grant, your face there. What happened? You went, Because <gasps> <laughs> you fucked it up a little bit. At the <laughs> <laughs> this is after Powerful your noble Sam. brag of having it down, Sammy. I do. I have it. I have. I have it right down. <laughs> I tried to do the thing. Is though I do actually know it off by heart, but I have to look down to read just so I can remember it. But I'm not really reading from anything. I do know this shit. I He's wrote it. <laughs> she said it on the BBC. Exactly. <laughs> oh yes. Um. One question I wanted to ask before we start, because I know I know we little got almost got into it before the start of the podcast as well, is what people's definition of an end of the world movie is. Because in the frankest terms, I know there's loads of different variations and different ways of looking at like dy- dystopias and stuff like that. But I'm interested on what people's perception of an end of world movie would be, and and like say because I. The, the sad thing is, though, my wife's been away all like the weekend down Essex, so I've been by myself thinking about this shit. Yeah. So I've went a bit, a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> and thinking, like, it's, I'm, I'm not living in an end of world movie now and stuff like that. So I've actually went <laughs> in deception this shit. But yes, um, so I'll be interested in people's takes. So I, I'll go with Grant first because I know Grant's always the most well behaved and quiet. Bless him. Oh, so, it really is. <laughs> so what was your perception of it? ever been referred to as well-behaved in my entire <laughs> life. Plight, maybe, but not well-behaved. Um, I, it is difficult to ca- uh, classify. Um, you know, Obviously, any movie in which the world ends, I think, definitely qualifies. But, you know, a lot of what I've mentioned before on the podcast, I adore the, the concept of dystopia, um, you know, gritty, horrible futures where it's always dark and it's always raining because of my an insane fetish that I have with film noir. Um, so I love not necessarily a film where you need to have the end of the world explained, but you just you have it as a given that something has gone massively awry with humanity, be it mm-hmm. you know, you know, something like a comet or a, you know, this, that or the other, a nuclear war, but even those where the political leanings of the world have suddenly taken a sharp skew into well i mean there's only really one avenue with regards to politics that's going to end in total annihilation isn't there um <laughs> so you know when something like that has happened and it's not necessarily being a like an, an an explosive event something that's wiped out humanity that we couldn't control but perhaps elements where we could control it through you know 
obviously there's nuclear war, but acts of genocide and all of that kind of thing, I think would lead towards it as well. I've got some, I've got some bizarre ones up my sleeve to talk about a little bit later, but that's where I'd go with it. Cool. Very interesting. Intriguing. What about you, Kev? Um, very similar with Grant, to be honest with you. Um, what one person might class as the end of the world, another person might not. Um, so, for instance, um, the fall of society, um, like a complete lawless world, uh, where there's just like fucking outcasts really just taking on everything and saying, you know what it is, I want this, fuck it, I'm having it. Um, mm-hmm. Governments, I'm not going to say a damn for, but like a complete utter government takeover with no freedoms and things like that. Um, mm. No movement. Oh, 19, um, 1982 type thing. 1984, yeah. Um, unable to do anything. That'll essentially end the, the world. Or you could be looking at the end of one person's world. Like mm. someone has just had the day from absolute hell and lost absolutely everyone and everything, and that is the end of their world. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so meta so, though. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so, hold on, <laughs> can we call falling down an end of the world film? Yep. Oh, hey. Because it was the end of his world. I've been itching to yeah. talk about Serbian films for ages, and he has a really, <laughs> really bad couple of weeks in that film. We said on <laughs> Friday, that. you're banned from saying that. <laughs> 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 we told our guests you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough wank, but I'll manage. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. No. But yes, um, and what about you, Graham? It's really odd. Like, it's kind of interesting that, like, I, because I was kind of like, no, no, it needs to be where, like, humanity dies. But then not many films have that. Because obviously films, it would be difficult to film that. So I think you get a lot of films where it goes, that is probably what's going to happen. Or, like, you know, assured destruction. But then it kind of cuts off before it actually happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. I'd probably say The Fall of Society. Like, it's, it's one of these ones... But it's difficult, though, because, like, if you say, you know, a film where set when society has fallen apart, when it's all just, like, crime-ridden and, like, you know, this sort of, like, lawless, like, you know, with no culture at all. But then that would also encompass any film set in Middlesbrough. So (laughs) I'm not entirely (laughs) sure. So I'm going to veer towards the end of society. So stuff, like, where it's, like, humanity can't progress, like you know can't progress basically yeah so i think that's so uh yeah cool what about you sammy i agree with the boys i I, I possibly didn't before coming on here because i was thinking oh behave because i would i would have thought end of the world has to end hold on jinx goodwill i've just seen your comment in the chat (laughs) jinx there we go (laughs) um but yeah i would have thought like just end of the world being like the world ends but then i think of there is a lot of movies where the world has crashed per se mm. and this is what you're left with. So I agree with everyone. No, I'm I'm glad that Kev's pointed out as well, because the end of the world doesn't necessarily have to be, in my opinion, the end of the world. It could be someone's world. It yeah. could be someone's perception of the world. It could be like anything that's changed, like like a big change and like anything like that. That's what I, I kind of like think because, as I said, when I originally come up with the idea, because I was thinking we can't do a top five movie for these because it's just going to be a lot of the, the top five disaster movie that we did yeah. is going to be rehashed and go like through the same things. But as I said, I went a bit 
in the South one, well, what does the end of the world movie kind of look at? So I kind of watched a few films this weekend, which I don't normally do when we do these podcasts. It's just because I've been having a bit of spare time. So I went from like as far-fetched as like Tank Girl um, and to the point I've watched Ready, Ready Player One, which again could be classed as the end of the world movie because they're trying to stop the digital, like say the, the Oasis coming to the end. So they're fighting for that. Um, to even John Wick, like say he's fighting because everything's, his whole world gone, his wife's yeah. gone, his, his dog was taken from him. So oh, his world is completely, literally gone. And it's like his reaction to losing everything and how, like, like the ramifications from that. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll get the quote in now early. Could even be the Goonies could be an end of the world movie because they're going to yeah. lose the homes. They're going to get everything taken away. Um, I was waiting so, for this. <laughs> so the Goonies could the Goonies could be classed as an end of the world movie for them kids. Six degrees was, of Goonies. Yes. Yeah. We'll, I will always do it, and I'm going to start the new year the same way as I started last year. But I said that fifteen days but, too late. <laughs> true. Um, but I did get my Goonie reference in the last few episodes as well, so I've not missed <laughs> missed any so far. Um, but yeah, because as soon as I thought, start thinking about that, because you can think about like all the disaster movies, like um, as we'll probably go through, like say some of the big budget ones, and a lot of the ones do come across as like B movies as well. Um, mm. But and Donna's has pointed out a perfect one as well, like Wally is probably one one of the greatest mm. end of the world movies that probably's ever been made. Um, but it's just so interesting that subject. If you just put that title in, your favorite end of the world movies without any description, anything. I know everyone's going to jump to that whole like cataclysm or like dystopia and or like anything being destroyed. But it could literally be anything, and I just find yeah. that really interesting. It is. I mean, I, I wonder if the distinction needs to be made between like films where they're set after the end of the world. So stuff like The Matrix, where the end has already happened or like, you know, like Night of the Lip. Well, no, no, that's it. Because obviously you have Land of the Dead is probably a post end of the world movie, whereas the rest of them are like the beginning of it. Kind yeah, of thing. that's so true. It's that weird thing of going, oh, so is it actually like, like is Cloverfield an end of the world movie? Because that's right. the plot of it. But yeah. then... The stuff set after the events of that, it's like, oh, well, that's like a dystopia movie. So, yeah, it's a complicated one. <laughs> but it's an interesting subject because that, that, as soon as I thought, thought, thought like when Sam brought it up, because this wasn't one of my ideas, I'll admit, this was one of Sam's picks uh, for the episodes. And I thought it was like a proper interesting one you could go, because I've had time to actually think about it more. Normally, it's like, like when I'm working full time, doing things on the side, when it comes to doing the episode, normally I'll, I've only got the Sunday to think of like, what we're going to be talking about that, that evening so it's um yes i can talk that much shit with all your days notice and <laughs> but, <laughs> but um with us having a bit more just like i went a bit like in this like in it a bit more and it just kind of the subject got a little bit more interesting as with, with us as well so rather than just like say discuss like what we would probably still talk about our favorite ones as well i just wanted to go about the premise of it as well because um, i think the premise is quite an interesting thing to think about yeah, I absolutely love the fact that because when I was when I thought of this, I did just think of the big budget side of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I w- would have really struggled. I'm just like when I'm thinking about it, because I don't know a lot of movies where the world does eventually end. Um, but I love the idea of like someone's world like that's 
an end of a world situation like it's some, like something happening to one individual where their whole world has ended I never really looked at it that way I love that I love this conversation let's keep going <laughs> so coming back to like the, the rail raising mode like discussing these as well because we want to talk about like our favorite ones and ones that stood out the most so I'm interested because I know we'll probably got a long list of ones but what which one when the first film you mentioned you say end of the world movie which one jumps to your mind and, and was the first one you would think of? Not sit, necessarily say your favourite, but the first one that jumped to your head. So we'll go, go back to Kev for this one. Um, I've literally just finished watching mine. Um, and the title pretty much sums it up. Um, I'm going to go with Schwarzenegger, End of Days. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's basically... Yeah the second coming of the devil really isn't it it's just mm. going to wipe out humanity as we know it and that's it yeah also one, one of the, the ones very of... few one of the very few films that has the devil being killed by a train yeah oh i love great. gabriel Byrne. Mm. he was great something no, very I, weirdly yeah, attractive but... about that man I, I think people so kind good. of write off like Arnie movies from that period, like for because you know for that period. Yeah, you're like, but there's so many good ones. Like the the Thirteenth yeah. Day the is really day. good, and yeah, the sorry, the Sixth Day. I and, love like, the Sixth Day. Yeah, but well, especially End of Days, it's so good. Yeah, wasn't one of Arnie's because they want um, Terminator. Yeah, mm. but was wasn't the that one of Arnie's first flops or after like say the big payday uh, and stuff, and he was trying to make like different movies I, I, I don't think this yeah. one did well at the cinema or anything like that it, it oh, didn't do well at all because like I've just said when people hear Arnie they want the Terminator they want Commando mm. they want Predator so when mm-hmm. Arnie came into his own in the 90s um, the 90s were Arnie's era like the early 90s yeah. the, the 80s belonged to Stallone there was no doubt about that with Rocky Tango mm-hmm. and Cash Cobra all of that um, the 90s were for Arnie Terminator 2 moving onwards Arnie made a movie yeah. Um, a razor didn't do as well as he would have liked, and then his career declined from there. Um, mm-hmm. End of days, it did not do well at all, um, because people didn't want to see a horror film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's simply it. They wanted to Fucking see crazy. another recall, another Terminator, another Commando. They didn't want to see Arnie going, well, actually, this is a really good story. Let's fucking do it. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't all powerful in this, he was supposed to be like yeah. an alcoholic or something, wasn't he? Yeah. He was, yeah, he was a broken alcoholic. He was a broken alcoholic that lost his family, and then um, he was really struggling, and he was looking for an excuse to end his life. Really, mm-hmm. and people did not want to see that because essentially what he'd done is he rehashed John Kimball. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slightly different movie, though, and he really wasn't. Certainly, John Kimball's the the later years. <laughs> <laughs> When he was telling, telling Luke, I was told about a girl having a, a vagina and a boy having a penis. I mean, you can just see him looking at Gabriel Byrne. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> it might Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> what <does> he do? <laughs> well, he's up there. He kicked us out of the house. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on good terms. <laughs> yeah, good, good show for the first one. What about you, Grant? Um... Mine, it's going to be me for my first taste of kind of the end of world imagery and dystopia because it's one from my childhood. You know, I was shown this film at my aunties in like the late oh, 90s. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, my auntie Taylor actually watches this as well. So, hello, because she's the best person <laughs> in the fucking world. Um, auntie Taylor, uh, Logan's Run. Oh, um, ah. Carousel. You know, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, sitting watching it as a kid, you know, you obviously it's a, it's a very bright film. You know what I mean? There's a lot of neon in it and all that kind of stuff. But when you break out into the real world, it's such a cinematic change that it impacted me even as a child. And when I watch it back and I've read the book since then as well, um, I won't go off on a rant about remakes. I'll stop myself. <laughs> um, but it, it's in relation to the text, it, it's got a total recall thing going on where the only thing that actually carries forward from the book to the film really is a couple of characters name and a very very basic premise and then it gets wildly different but it's obviously I don't know if you guys have seen this film if you've seen it recently but right at the very end when they break out of the dome that they're living in and they're walking through the ruins of um, DC with um, the old guy is really really famous what's the actor's name Peter Ustinov um, you know, it comes rambling out and they've never seen anybody over the age of 30 before. It's just, it it will always be my favourite because I think it's what triggered my love with post-apocalyptia and mm-hmm. dystopia and all that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's a fucking masterwork. I, I, I think it's a brilliant film. The only thing that concerns me is, you know, when they break out and there's that robot, but it, it looks kind of like it should be from Button Moon and you're a bit like, what? <laughs> Just like, okay, maybe, maybe if they remade this, that could be souped up a little bit, but I wouldn't trust them with a remake. (laughs) Sean just mentioned a good one there as well. Um, Going back to the subject of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and people not wanting to see things. If you haven't seen a film called Aftermath, go and watch it. It is about one person's life being ripped away when his family die in a plane crash and he's on the search party that finds them. All right, never heard of it. It's a true story, and it's absolutely fantastic. Mm, that's one that came out look out. But uh, let's see, I've never heard of that one. Um, Check it out. What, what about you, Graham? What, what's the first one that jumps to your head? I'm just fascinated by the chat because we've got like we've got Titan AE and Treasure Planet, which are like animated yes. films that I hadn't even factored in in <laughs> working stuff out, and I'm like, <laughs> this loose definition we've got. I'm like. Do we need to change it just to get fucking Treasure Planet out of it? <laughs> um, no, it is good. Titan A.E. is kind of odd because like, I was like, oh, this music is my childhood and I'm kind of depressed by that. You know, it's kind of, you know that proper sort of like uh, new metal kind of thing. At the Anyway, yeah. um, I can't actually pick one because the, the these films tie so closely together, but I obviously I'm a massive fan of John Carpenter, so I would pick John yes. Carpenter's kind of trilogy of like end of the world films because obviously we've got we've got the thing which is basically mm-hmm. death from space and death by alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Prince of Darkness, which is death by religion and the devil and whatnot, which is probably my favourite of the three. And then you have In the Mouth of Madness, which is basically death by Lovecraft, um, which is all yeah. the the stuff behind reality and the ancient gods and stuff. And it's odd that they're they're not as different as they could be so it's not like death by religion death by alien death by tornado or something but they always stick out because they're all like it's just <laughs> peak john carpenter that whole like I'm thing i'm so glad someone's mentioned in the mouth of madness i have so much love for that film it's so and the only good. question is like, it's not even a Lovecraft film, but it's the most Lovecraft film there is. Like, you know, that weird yeah. thing of just going, this gets the vibe. Whereas you've got people who have literally deliberately, like, tried to adapt Lovecraft and they haven't done quite as yeah. well as John Carpenter mm. being like, creepy old <laughs> that film, That film was one of the last films I remember 
having that typical 90s voiceover in the trailer. <laughs> in a world where... Do you read Sonic Kane? And then there's a fucking axe through the head. It was brilliant. <laughs> it is. It's really good. Like it's, it's one of those films that just messes with you. Like, obviously, I could talk about The Thing, but everyone will have seen The Thing. But mm-hmm. Prince of Darkness is an amazing film which me me and my best mates like we watch religiously like every year it's like a ritual thing and it has the longest intro of any film i've ever seen where basically you know how you have a film and it like shows the film and then it kind of cuts to title cards being like oh produced by such and such this lasts like 15 minutes into the film like you kind of think that the film's got going and then it's like Bang! Makeup by such and such. Like, are we still doing this? Are we, are we still in the intro? You know? It's not that bad, but it's just like it's a very long sequence, but it's brilliant. And such a uh, uh, but yeah, no. But if you haven't seen Prince of Darkness, if you haven't seen In the Mouth of, Mouth of Madness, check them out because they are phenomenal Sammy end of the world so films. What about you, Sammy? Mine's a bit different. Um, mine is almost soppy in a way. Um, mine is, I'm going to try and say this without butchering it. Mine is Finding a Friend for the End of the World. Right. With Steve Carell and um, or Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Um, yeah. Steve Carell and, oh, what's her name? Kira Knightley. Oh, right. And it's, and it's the world is going to end. The whole world knows it. There's a countdown of when it's going to happen. And these two unexpected people who are the completely the opposite of each other end up finding each other right at the end when the world ends. And it is, it's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. Um, It has one of my most favorite scenes in where her from American Horror Story, the long red hair, um, decides that it's the end of the world. What do we do? We shoot a heroin. We try. We have a we have a drug party. We literally go for it. Everything you wanted to do, let's do it in this party. And it's just it's just lovely. It's a it's it's not just a love story because they do end up having that connection, but it's more the friendship side and the, like trying to like get in their heads that in the next couple of days nothing's going to exist anymore. And it's such a beautiful story. I really enjoy that film so much. And I haven't brought myself to watch it for like a second run because of the effect it had on us at the end. Right. It's like an emotional one. I take it. It's really, it's it's the, it's the ending where the, obviously there's no spoilers in this film. The world ends that you told (laughs) that throughout the whole thing. It ends. Mm. And it's just the realization on their faces Mm -hmm. that they could have had each other. Yeah. Like before all of this, and then gone, 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 mm. just gone. Sometimes it's like the the lightest touches ones are the sometimes done the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Cool. The first one, it's not my favorite film by far, but the first one that jumped to my mind when we were talking about this subject, um, and I'm a little bit ashamed to say that like that this was probably the first one of. Because there's been many different variations of this movie, um, but I still like this movie because it's how bad it is. It's one of the Mad Maxes, but it's not Mad Max One. It's not Mad Max Two. It's not. It's not it's Fury not Road. Road. It's not Fury Road. Oh, it's thank the, God for that! It's the Thunderdome. Thunder <laughs> <laughs> I remember oh, watching this. With... first two yesterday. Yeah, I'm because my parents didn't let us watch Mad Max One and Mad Max Two because. When it came out, like I say, it was very violent and um, 
it's it's quite up there with like say some of the scenes and graphics. It's it, it's quite it's it, it's one of some of my favorite films now. Mm. But back then, as a kid, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed them at all because a very serious yeah. thing. But I think I watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome on ITV. Um, it was after the cinema release, and I was just mesmerized by Tina Turner. Like, oh, <laughs> like <the legs>. <laughs> and just the whole premise and Master Blaster and stuff like that. It was just hilarious. And how, like, just ridiculous, like, dystopia world would have been, and how nothing made sense at all in the movie. And uh, like, all I, I remember going to the play, playground the next day was going, two men enter, one man leave. Like, that's all I kept on seeing the kids. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't get kicked out of the school at time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the teachers loved you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Tinder profile. Possibly. But as a, like, say, first like thing that popped in my head, I was just like, I remember watching this as a kid and just being totally like, is this how the world's going to be when I get old and being yeah. terrified of that aspect? Oh, no, <laughs> it's going to be it's worse. It's just Australia now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Um, a, bit of a little bit of trivia I found out about the Mad Max films yesterday when I was watching them, because um, obviously Mel Gibson wasn't known or anything. Like mm-hmm. The Americans didn't know who he was, so when they released the trailers for the first Mad Max film, he wasn't in them at all. They literally just focused on the car chases and the explosions. That's it. No one oh, that's why they like Fury Road then. <laughs> oh, don't get started. No, I don't. I can't. No, that's a, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's not Mad Max. They used it to sell sell tickets. That was it. It's not Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, um, Grant's getting told off in the chat because the the, the porn links yeah, came back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw them come up, and I was just like, oh. Every oh, nice. time Grant's on. <laughs> it's Grant's like end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> He is 69mega.com. Click on the link and it goes to the Acheron Mystics album. There you go. Shameless Lonely incels listening to it. That's it. Shameless plugging. Sorry, shameless pegging. Shameless pegging. Donna's there with bells on. But um, but yeah, that was probably the first one that did jump in mind because that's like the first incarnation of like them type of movies. And I think a a lot of end of the world movies did or like even if they're like massive budget and stuff like that, they're still, I would say, fall in the realm of B movie. Um yeah. which I kind of realized over the like say not doing research, but like loving them because the obvious ones like uh, it's cheesy as hell, it's badly acted, but uh, like the like was it the day after tomorrow? Like the effects on that and how amazing it looks, like say it's it's it, it, it it is a terrible film, but you do enjoy it just for this oh, sheer spectacle of it of yeah. everything like that. And like my mother, my mm. mother-in-law said if I didn't mention this film tonight, she'd never speak to us again because it's her favorite film of all time. <laughs> she absolutely loves this film, and I, I do love- remember when it first came out, getting it on DVD, and I did watch it a fair bit. I think I had like a Jake Gyllenhaal. Thing at the time, so yeah, more wasn't wait, wait, your yours yours went away. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, right. came back with a vengeance. <laughs> so there is a four. cure, but um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good cast, man. It's got Bilbo Baggins in there for fuck's sake. He freezes to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't it's remember. A good was film. it Ian Glenn? Yeah, it was Ian. Ian... No, no, no. Ian Mc... Mc... Ian Mc... Oh, I can't remember now. It's, oh my sure god, what's a... his name? Oh no, yeah. Bilbo. He's Bill. He's called Bilbo. That's why he's yeah, going to be. Ian Holm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ashram Alien. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yes. He's not just Billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Actually, to be fair, <laughs> bizarrely, out of all of the films he's done, my favourite is From Hell. I absolutely love him in. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sinister as fuck. <laughs> but I do the like the different Mora. <laughs> yeah, one of the best uh, actor Heather Graham films as well. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, Check but, out the top. Yeah. Once. Well done. <laughs> it's an achievement for her and Natalie Dormer. Yeah, but I'll be honest. Um, one of me, like what I have to say, is uh, tops me list of actual end of the world films now, uh, and it's a relatively new one as well. And I know, I know that we're we getting a prequel or a third one now. Is uh, the Quiet Place? Yes. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. Okay, I'd absolutely forgotten about it. And then at DragCon at the weekend, it was uh Sunday night, Sunday night after we'd finished everything and we were totally done for the weekend and we actually had some time and we, we were basically going, should we go for a night out with people and go to one of the clubs? No. So we just watched whatever was on TV and A Quiet Place was on and I think it, I think it was uh, Sunday. But yeah, and it was. I was like, I don't remember this movie being so good. I don't remember it being a movie that you would watch twice, but then it actually was fine to watch it again and it was a really yeah. interesting end of the world scenario like you know basically yeah. that the world society was a society has ended but people are still around thing yeah i, yeah, I love that how it's, um... sorry what you saying kev uh, i was just going to say the third one that's coming out i'm genuinely not looking forward to it yeah. um all of the original team behind the first two are gone they're not coming back really right. so the writing style is going to be different the production style is going to be different editing, mm-hmm. everything is going to be different and Grzynski's got nothing to do with it. Right. Oh, that's, that's a shame. Because that was his well, baby, though, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it awful, though, that, like, studios do that? Like, surely, it, you know, where they just kind of go, like, oh, cool, no one who made it wants to be involved. Like, like Halloween and stuff, where you have, like, yeah. Hallow- you know, Halloween, and then you have Halloween 2, which he was kind of forced to make, and then he had no yeah. ambition to do any of the others. And... Uh, has it been a good mm. series since? I've enjoyed but, them. But, but I've enjoyed it. them, but has it been Halloween? Like Rather than taking mm-hmm. the premise of A Quiet Place and making a different film based upon but, it, rather than doing A Quiet Place 3, you know? But that's mm. the conversation for next week's podcast when we're talking about franchises. <laughs> Shameless plugging. Content. Marketing! <laughs> but yes, um, but yeah, like, I think now, like, say, as you said, when I first watched the first, like, Quiet Place 1, I didn't think I, I got it as much as the second time I watched it. It's one of them yeah. films where the more times you watch it, you realise how good it yeah. is yeah. and and the little yeah. little things in it. And it's one of them ones where when they brought the sequel out, you're like, oh, God, how can how can they follow that? Just and they did it, and it, and it's, but they didn't try and make it, like, a sequel. It was just like... Yeah. This is just a follow-on of the story. It was like a continuation, and mm-hmm. and it just gave you a little bit more. And I think it worked more that way. Um, and even when you watch back, I would quite like to see this as a TV show as well, because you yeah. get invested in oh. the characters and get invested in the people involved with it as well. But, and you want to know what else is going on around, like because we're only yeah. following one family, so it'd be lovely to like see what else is happening. And you do get like the starting point of that when on the second mm. one, when everything's all normal, and then it goes to tits. So, yeah. um, we watched we watched the first one when it came out, 
and then thought absolutely nothing of it. It was it was a good film. But then mm-hmm. when the second one was coming out, we watched it as a double feature. Mm-hmm. And fuck me, what that was a, that was a better experience one. doing one and yeah. two. And I think mm-hmm. you, I think it was you and Charlotte who told us to do that. Yeah, yeah, because you see more in it. It's like yeah. a very, very, very clever continuation of it. Mm-hmm. The only part I didn't like about the second one, and it's not a bad thing at all, and it, it just felt a bit wasted for me. It felt like a wasted potential. Was the island at the end with um, hmm. G1 Hounsou? Yes. Like, I had name like Digimon Hounsou. He's absolutely fantastic. And it was just a complete throwaway. It was a waste of time. That was 10 minutes they could have put elsewhere. Mm. They could have had okay. 10 more minutes with Emily Blunt. But it, it felt like it literally got there and nothing happened. Yeah. That was my only complaint about that film. Um, and for me, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not... Like Slate, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here that might feel like I'm being shitty towards another franchise or another like say big name. This is if they made a TV show of this like premise, this is what I would have wanted The Walking Dead to be. Yeah. Rather than what we got with The Walking Dead. Because a lot of the characters as as well, like they make decisions in The Walking Dead that don't make sense to me. Where yeah. everyone in the quiet place in one and two other than, well, no, I can understand the rationale, like, with her daughter doing what she did as well. Like, everything, decision-making yeah. and why they did things made sense. Yeah, and the, entirety of the, the entirety of The Walking Dead can be summed up with either, for fuck's sake, Daryl, for fuck's sake, Rick, or for fuck's sake, Carol. That's it. Yeah, That, that right. is literally it. Every single but, fucking bad decision and bad thing happens to them. That's it. But yeah, but I don't want to start slating the Walking Dead because I know people do enjoy it. And again, actually, I don't want to be that type of like podcast where I'm saying that's shit. You shouldn't watch that. But uh, <laughs> that's um, why the disclaimer is there. I'll admit I fell off the Walking Dead, um, but that that last season was a bit naff for me. But that last couple of episodes pulled it right back. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, ended so. how it should have ended. It was perfect ending. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. That's I've invested. Brilliant. I've invested a lot of years into that program. I am going to fucking finish it. Last season wasn't great, but the last three or four episodes pulled it right back, and it felt like it was um, kind of back to season two and three again. Oh, interesting. It, it, it got interesting. It got good. It got fun again. So, the Walking Dead being fun. <laughs> it, it had good themes. And it had good storylines, and that's kind of where that went. You put a fucking uh, a curvy hippie chick in there that's a bit crazy, and everything just gets a million times better. The minute Princess they, they came out, of, I was like, yeah, kind of threw her away, though. In the and comic, she's so much better. She's so much better in the comic. Yeah. Yeah, they disappeared her for a bit, and I was just like, oh, come on, bring her back. She was like the best part about those last couple of seasons. Yeah, man. And as he but, but I tell you what, though, because, yeah. um, like, <clears throat> I was a big fan of the comics before um, like, I used to buy the graphic novels till they got really expensive but the recent run they've been doing um, have been going now for just over two years they're mm-hmm. called yeah. The Walking Dead Deluxe yeah. where they're redoing basically the original Walking Dead comics but instead of being in black and white in colour and oh. they are absolutely phenomenal I've got like say, up to issue uh, 54 now it's a comic. <laughs> it's just sure like instead of like the oh, black and white pretty. stuff now, 
but the zombies and everything. And I just can't wait to get to issue 100. Oh my God. To see that in full colour. That is when I stopped reading was issue 100. And I was like, nah. Can't I have I have gone through so much with this comic and that I've accepted like obviously the cha- the I accept this is how it is and you know the show is separate because there's a, there's been changes in it but when it got to Glenn in that moment that was it for me I was done absolutely done. I do okay. actually own not not the first print that I did have the first print but I sold the went for a tiny bit of money. Of issue wow. 100, I've got a variant. So it is the first print, but it's a different variant. It's on the wall there. But probably worth about 20 quid now. But like the, the one with the Negan on the cover, it's probably about 50, 60 quid uh, to go for. But absolutely, the artwork is picture perfect to what happens to Glenn, like say if you're reading it. But again, I know we're talking about favourite uh, end of the world movies, but as we're talking about Walking TV dead. shows as well, that, that is yeah. the thing. And one of the reasons why I thought doing end of the world topic for today would be the one that's coming out tonight and is yes. excited for it? <clears throat> I'm really excited <laughs> but the last oh, of us is out tonight as well and I don't know if like, we're going to talk about movies and stuff as well but I, I wanted to talk about that game anyone played the game the first as long one? as we don't talk about the second one then we're all good because I've not played the second one but yes <laughs> I think I've stopped you from like episode one talking about the second game. (laughs) I've not played it, but um, when I used to go around my mate's house, there was a lot of went around, just had a couple of drinks, they'd start smoking, not for me, but they'd start, uh, and then they'd start playing it, and I'd just be quite content sitting with a couple of cans watching a load of stoned people trying to play this game. Um, I really enjoyed it, it was funny watching them. The game is such a cinematic presence to start with, like it, I've like you could just sit and have, I sat and watched Anth play some of it, and then I was like, this one, do it myself. Um, and I think we did it when we were moving. Yeah, when we were moving from our old place to here, and I decided that that's when I was going to play it. And I broke my heart throughout that whole game. It was such an emotional roller coaster. Tell you what, though, I've been a bit of a dick this week, though, um, <laughs> for once. Um, you never. Makes a change. <laughs> Because with me, with me wife being away, she's made us promise that I can't watch The Last of Us till she gets back, the first episode. Uh-huh. So, Divorce. So I went, right, if that's the case, I'm going to show you something. So I put YouTube up and I made her watch the first 15 minutes of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Saying this is what we're going to expect. And she went, I would have probably liked to see that actually in the like, in the TV show rather than having it spoiled for us. So, yeah. no, you're not letting me watch it. This is what you're going to experience. This is why I want <laughs> oh to watch it God, so bad. <laughs> oh, no, or, poor or Nick. Just, just throwing this out there. Watch it on your phone. That way it doesn't show up on the telly that you've watched it. Uh, I've, I've got surprised when you watch it. No. What oh, problems. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. I've, done these, times. I've done that before. It didn't work. Because <laughs> yeah, I've got a tendency for like if I've watched something before and then we'll, I, and I know there's something going to happen, I always look at him. Mm-hmm. So I, I give it away by like looking and waiting for his reaction. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably would do that. The only thing that's got us even more excited because I know there's been loads of shit come out like before saying how the actors have not been allowed to see anything in the game or know anything about the characters and people saying, well, they're not doing the same game. Uh, the changing things like they've changed. Uh, like say the spores and stuff like that. The spores isn't part of the 
the experience anymore, which again doesn't really spoil anything for my, for me for my liking. But all the reviews this week have said this is probably the most fearful game application for a TV show that or movie that's ever been made. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Let's not do that. That was an end of a franchise movie, not an end of the world movie. movie. <laughs> it was an end of a franchise TV show as well. Yeah, so oh the, god. So there was, you know, the the, the bit where someone starts singing in the middle of Resident Evil. Uh, is it Resident Evil? She just bursts into a song. That does anyone recall that? Because that song came on when I was out last night, and I'm like. I feel yeah. like I've seen this. It's like Mandela effect. <laughs> to be fair, though, Resident Evil Zero does have a random opera singer bloke who is made of leeches. Uh, yes. And rest... Yeah, Resident Evil Zero is awful. <laughs> you know, this, this I thing, enjoyed it. I, I, I just think it's terrible. It's you know we won't get into it, but basically, like yeah, uh, but that's the only instance I can think of of someone randomly singing. I suppose Alexia actually in Code Veronica, Alexia sings, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, uh, The Last of Us got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck. 98. Is that the game the show? The show? I won't, I won't the show. The show. Um, they the, they've done the premiere and they've done um, screenings to right. reviewers. So they base the score off the reviewers and they right. give it 90, 98%. Obviously, that could change within mm. the next day or so, but that's a really yeah. good starting point for a, for a video mm. game. Adaptation TV series. It, it is, but I won't use Rotten Tomatoes because they also gave Resident Evil really high scores. And it was <laughs> shit. Well, yeah, I, I remember really bad stuff like Rotten Tomatoes is a bit odd because like they don't have any protection against review bombing. So basically, when yeah. when all the people were like review bombing films and stuff like and it was weird because i've had a couple of times when i've tried to leave reviews for stuff on rotten tomatoes and it's basically blocked me it said no we are not accepting reviews for this at this time kind of thing so they obviously have some kind of control where they're going like hey we don't want people giving it bad reviews or we don't want it people giving it positive reviews and you're like well what's the point of your site then you know you're not affecting our algorithm (laughs) yeah it was this weird thing going hmm hang on you're trying to give this more than four stars mm, you know and it was a bit like okay <laughs> just seeing Kev manhandle <laughs> no, I thought he was in Charlotte <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlotte's just got off the floor uh... now. <laughs> oh no the dog's really fucking destructive at the minute Oh, puppy energy. Could this be an end of the world scenario? Yes, it could be an end of a dog scenario. Good good little segue there. Mm -hmm. An end of the world movie that involves a dog. Mm -hmm. I am legend. Oh, my God. Oh, you're going to say Cujo, and I'm like, does it end that dramatically? (laughs) No. No, To be fair, I am legend can fuck off. That is a terrible (laughs) film. Like... I am a massive, massive fan of the original story. And I really desperately want there to be an adaptation of I Am Legend, but one doesn't exist. (laughs) And I don't know why nobody has ever tried to make one. Like, you had the Omega Man, where that's not the book. And then you have I Am Legend, where you're just going, what? What's the... Why did they make them mutants? Like, the whole point of the film is that they're vampires. And yeah. crazy stuff where it's like, you know, him and his best mate, like his, it's such a weird story where basically 
the main guy is like the last man alive, so he believes. He's locked in his house and stuff. And his neighbor, who he's really on good terms with, is a vampire who just basically knocks at the door every night, like taunting him, being like, Hi, how you doing? Do you fancy getting killed? You know, like, and it's such a surreal kind of situation. But obviously, it's like, I don't know. I'd like to see that. I really like to see that. And then, and then the guy's motivation isn't to, save his dog or save his family or anything like that or like to get his family back it's literally to find his find where this guy hides during the day and fuck him up and you just like i want this as a film but that's oh, the thing because oh, i think there's been that many different well there's been attempts for as you said the omega men the original one was with charlton Heston, i believe mm. yeah. and then like i said the, the most recent one with uh, will smith where they didn't know how to end the film so if you ever watched like the Blu-ray or like say had like say the extra features, that had about three different endings that had different things that happened yeah. uh, throughout. But I think the big thing that spoiled that, and again, I think we talked about this on Friday's episode, was like the CGI aspects. Like the bits they used with the buildings and everything looked amazing, but the actual like wouldn't it have been better zombies. if they just used Muppets? Just the yeah. entire Will Smith movie but it's actual just like Muppets Christmas Carol Muppets <gasps> I want this film but vampire like vampire Muppets yeah yeah so well, that's all basically the, the, count. The, the count the count one yeah. oh, heart oh, oh, Neville oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god yes Will Smith song Oh my god! I think the thing is, though, like when we're talking about apocalypse films, like when we're talking about end of the world films, like how I Am Legend, the book ends that nobody has put into it is the idea of because obviously spoilers, but if you haven't read it, you haven't read it. But it's um, but basically the book the book ends with the him thinking these vampires are like mindless monsters and stuff like that, but then it actually turns out that they capture him. And then it ends up with his execution, his execution in front of all of everyone, like all of the vampires, because it's basically like the world hasn't been taken over. They're basically the next evolution of humanity. So it's basically this whole new society of vampires and they 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 execute him as a sign to go, hey, we're getting rid of the old. We're moving back into the we're moving into this new society kind of thing. And I don't I can't think of anything like that. I can't think of a Mm. movie where. The thing that destroys humanity isn't a cold, like an evil thing, like a virus or uh, like an alien that we can't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird thing, but they never do it. I don't. The Will Smith one ends with him curing the world, I think, and then there's another yeah, one. Where I think he. I think they go. Oh well, we need you to die for some reason, but it's not. You know. Yeah. I love that. The fact but, that it's it's a human evolution that oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like Sorry, the idea of well invested in the vampires, but because he's on the other side of it, because mm-hmm. he's viewing it from the eyes of this is what I used to have and this is what we've lost and stuff. Mm. You but know, didn't they, they kind of did that with uh, Planet of the Apes, or didn't they? Yeah, actually, I'm totally talking bollocks. Yeah, that, that is Planet <laughs> of the Apes. Basically. They, um, they also done it with another film that we've mentioned in great length. Mm-hmm. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, World's End. Ah, right. Yes, yeah, actually. Yes, actually called World's End. Just, <laughs> yeah, they like, were literally yes. just trying to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Could you class that as a film? Like I, that's same as my choice with John Carpenter, where it's the idea of the whole Cornetto trilogy. Like they're all apocalypse films, basically. And it's like Wall's End is, Wall's End is, I said Wall's End. No, Wall's End is the (laughs) ultimate end of world. The shit all. Mm. But yes, like say anything. I, I said I, I've never. I've, I've, the only one you probably couldn't is Hot Fuzz because it's it's it is just like basically a cheesy version of the Bill, done well. Um, but no, like say that like say Shaun of the Dead and World's End is totally like an apocalyptic film. And as you said, it's a send up to like say the the Dawn of the Dead films. I know Grant is a huge fan of like them type of zombie movies as well. It'll probably be on your list there. I, I would guess is that Grant. Am I right? Um, I've kind of steered away from zombie films in general, to be honest, with like kind of what I've been looking at because you know I've, we've talked about The Walking Dead and I've, I've enjoyed The Walking Dead and I've enjoyed the films, but the zombie genre was maybe about eight, nine years ago now, yeah. got completely saturated, did it not? <laughs> and there was a lot of really, really good stuff came out of it, but there was a lot of fucking garbage as well um you know we talked on the the end of the world one about um franchise burnout and zombie franchise got completely burned out for me to the point where i probably look at the classics a little bit differently now as well even you know your original romero's and uh the return of the living dead and that kind of thing. And I, I don't think I'll look at them with the same passion. I've, it, it's something that will pass because naturally these films that I'm talking about are fucking masterpieces. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the Rambo ones are the Return of the Living Dead are, you know, extremely funny. It's still masterpieces. But yeah, like it, it just got so much. And every goddamn computer game had a zombie mode as well that you had to go through. You know, yeah. It's... I didn't watch anything of an undead um, element except I Am Legend. Um, I think there's a lot of positives from the Will Smith I Am Legend, if I'm perfectly honest. If you completely separate it from the book and just look at it, then it's a well-put-together film. I think Will Smith's right in it. I think the scene with the dog is possibly one of the most vicious scenes I've ever watched. Um, So... Yeah, like, you know, not to shit on anybody's parade. I've just got a lot of time for um, I Am Legend. But I also haven't watched The Omega Man because I think mm-hmm. Charlton Heston's a piece of shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> well done. Well, I think he has that Charlton on his CV. Heston is a piece yeah. of shit. Or was a piece of shit? Is he dead was, now? He's dead. Very much dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did get the rifle and, out. He's um, called Dead Hand. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I watch it completely separate from any of the other medium. Um, and mm. thoroughly enjoy that movie as a result of it. Yeah, I, I think this is like what we were saying in the la- last time we were both on Grant about, um, you know, like sort of oh remakes aren't that bad. You always have the original and stuff. But for me, it's like I am legend. It's because I'm so desperately wanting there to be an adaptation of this that I'm a bit harsher with adaptations. Yeah. Where you're like, why did you do that? I mean, because yeah. the film does get across like the 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 loneliness of it like you know i thought the the scene in the video shop is amazing right? it's just him talking to himself and him making up sort of and you're like and the the book kind of the story kind of goes into this but in a more sort of like because it, it's a story it can literally be an internal monologue so it kind of 
And they, you know, and you're like, oh, how would you do that unless you had just a voiceover all these scenes? And that might be a bit weird. And so the Will Smith one really does that well, like of just going, you are very, very lonely. You know? Yeah, it's in the video shop when after what happens to the dog and he says, um, that he, he goes, no, it happened to me today. I lost my best friend today. And the fact that the dog was called Samantha absolutely broke my heart. <laughs> And I feel like uh, I'm going to cry right now over it. (laughs) And I haven't seen that film in years. Yeah. I think, as as I said, it got the the problem with I Am Legend, it got the big blockbuster title, the blockbuster expectations that did come with it. But to me, again, when it was like the human element with like Will Smith and the dog, and again, I know, like say Will Smith's not painting himself in the the right light uh, for a long time. (laughs) But when he does get involved in like like certain roles you kind of he's, he's like when he acts he has got that like ability factor yeah uh, for, for me personally like no, say, I totally I, agree I, with you um but and you don't want to see like say see him be like that and say the dogs to me that the, as I said the CGI aspect towards the end that's kind of like took me out of it and I think thought this could have been a good movie and turn it just to an okay movie and that's mm-hmm. not because of the the, the, like the half the, the well the three quarters of the movie that we got before it's just like say if they use cgi wrongly or do certain things and it kind of then spoils the movie as well but i think a lot of these type of movies as well like especially the um end of the world taglines um as i said before are just glorified b movies but done like blockbuster style as well so you get the fantastic from independence day which is just a cheese fest glorified um, like Space Invaders game which is amazing mm-hmm. but then you get like say the absurd like as I watched last night Tank Girl which is just so oh, out there yes. <laughs> off the wall bounce off the wall crazy that you just can't it's you don't watch it because of the story because it hasn't really got a story no. you watch it for the, you watch it for the, the performances and the visuals and everything yeah and how uh, is it? It's Naomi Watts, is in it as well, isn't it? How Naomi she, Watts is Jet, and yeah. Laurie Petty is Tank Girl. But Naomi Jet Watts girl. changes oh. from this greasy, like sweaty <laughs> mess to this absolutely goddess. To what at the end of the movie, like, you're like, did did she have a wash? Did she just like like get the thing? But like watching Tank Girl just blew me up my mind because I've watched it a few. I've been watching it for a long time and seen. Uh, is, is it Ice Q or Ice Tea? Ice Q. Ice Cube oh, as a tea. Sorry, ice, ice tea as a fucking um, oh, a kangaroo, uh, um, <laughs> a modified kangaroo soldier, and just came up about everything being like most angriest kind, and like the kangaroos being the horniest things I've ever seen in my world. All they're just worried about with a tits and ass. So, uh, <laughs> but, but like seeing in a dystopia world where you've not seen tits and ass for a while, that would be the first thing that does come to mind. So yeah. That's true. I was I had a huge obsession with Tank Girl back in the nineties and um, when it first came out. And I think I own a fair few of the graphic novels. I I was just fucking obsessed, but I never watched that film for the storyline. I was watching <laughs> it for the aesthetic for Laurie Petty. Um I even went to Emma's um 30th birthday many rounds ago um dressed as Tank Girl. <laughs> I don't have any to start with, so I just work with what I've got. If you're watching, we all want pictures of that. 
All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking hate, I absolutely hate dressing up. Like it is, I could never do cosplay or anything like that. I hate fucking fancy dressing. I think it's down to when I was a kid, my mum used to put us into every fancy dress thing going. Like I was she God knows how many times as a kid. Um, but I just did the most basic fucking tank girl you could think of. Like I had the the um the t shirt, you know, the with a blue circle, white circle, red one. Like I, I can't think of what it is at the moment. Um and the bullet. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Grant. <laughs> and the the uh, bullet belt and everything. So I did the most basic of basic of basics. <laughs> As well on Tank Girl. Um just segue for a second, the the soundtrack to that uh yes. film absolutely scum a generation you know movies like sucker punch um <laughs> one of the big things with sucker punch for me was the way that they utilized um army of me by bjork <laughs> but mm. two decades beforehand you've got that incredible scene in liquid silver in tank girl with army of me playing and it's just one of the most beautifully scored bits of cinema I've ever seen like it's not for the story of course it's not for yeah. the story no, um, you don't watch that film for the story like that, that absolutely changed the game for that film because the rest of it it is a bit cheesy it is a bit low budget it is a bit kind of mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else it's just maybe not quite as well funded as we wanted it to be which is why are we talking about a... Sucker Punch or Tank Girl now yeah, Tank Girl <laughs> Tank Girl because you can't really put a lot of money going in that one <laughs> 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 but again you're not watching Sucker Punch for the storyline either no I, I certainly not didn't <laughs> is there any truth that Margot Robbie is actually going ahead with the Tank Girl remake or a redoing or whatever she, it might be. I think she bought the rights to the she bought the rights to the to the comics in. and stuff like that. But I don't know if she's going to do anything. It depends on. I think it depends on how Barbie Girl does. I um, can't wait for that film. I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be great. I heard of someone today saying. Um, you know, when you come, when you're looking at certain films like Marvel and DC, and that you know what you're expecting, you know what you're going to get from it. But with this, you haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> you really don't, and I can't fucking wait. I, I've never owned a Barbie in my life. I can't, will go and fucking buy one after this. Is that just for Ryan Philippe though? <laughs> Ryan Gosling, isn't it? Ryan Gosling. Oh, sorry. Easily, like, no, Margot Robbie. I'm there for her. <laughs> with Tango, I, I really guys, don't know what to expect. He's been um comic book fans would you not like to see tank girl done as a series but with each ep- like a like a tv series but with each episode as a standalone as opposed to trying to do something cohesive like, and something um like to build of, it all like, in chronological and what have you just go like right here's an hour episode here's a tank girl episode uh here's a tank girl adventure here's another hour episode here's a tank girl adventure and just watch it for eight nine ten the way that some of the animated um comic book adaptations work like invaders Zim. I see see that that's the cool thing about uh, Sandman watching that because you could tell that obviously it was a it was a comic it was like a a comic book that basically worked that way with a sort of like you know standalone you know stories and episodes Mm -hmm. and therefore they were able to make it stuff like the diner episode that yes it tied in to the previous things but then like you know like the hell episode and stuff and you're like I think we need more stuff like that because obviously the wonderful thing about uh, Star Trek that me and Good will will probably get onto at some point is the idea of because it's done that way in like Monster of the Week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
it makes it so that you can just you know you can make a good show and you can jump in at any point rather than just going like oh you missed the first three episodes oh well here's a massive recap at the beginning of everything and whatnot thing with tank girl as well the only way it would work if it wasn't cohesive because if it started making sense it would lose part of its charm (laughs) Because yeah. because even because even the comics when you read the comics it's not where you can pick up like a story and like say oh I can't pick up issue three because uh, it's going to be completely different to issue one it, it like the storyline and everything just have no rhyme or reason I think it, it is all about the visuals and like given like say certain aspects and looks for lot lots of different things yeah um but but Tankel, as I said it was very much. I think, as Grant said about the soundtrack, about making things pop, making things stand out. Like I think there was cut scenes where, and uh, like the, I, I can't pronounce the name, the girl who played the uh, tank girl, her Laurie outfit, Laurie, she, Laurie Petty, changed outfits literally within thirty seconds of different things happening. So it was just yeah. basically trying to get as many different looks and different different uh, visuals from the comics. In mm-hmm. there, but I think that's the only way it potentially would work if they did do it that way in the in the future. I'd fucking love to see me too, one. me too. I would be all <laughs> over it, and I had no idea that Margot Robbie had even <laughs> was breathing the same air as Tank Girl. Um, but, but yeah, can't back, wait for the Barbie film. Look, yeah. <laughs> but going back to what Graham like so eloquently told us about the Omega Man, is there any stories or like even movies you would like to see kind of remade or? retold these days um, a bit differently like or like going back to the end of the world type franchise I'll, I'll, I'll go the with Kev first cause... The Folk that, Kev? The Folk The Folk F-O-G The Folk Oh The Folk Oh The Folk oh, oh, it's, Wait it's... Uh, which one the, the Stephen <laughs> King or the Carpenter um, Stephen but... King didn't write it it was um, James Herbert oh but that is a very good point. So John Carpenter can take his version. Yeah. John Carpenter can take his version and fuck off. Tom Wedding <laughs> can take the version he started in, which is a remake of that one, stick it right up his arse, and then fuck off. <laughs> so what do you yeah. want, Kev? He <laughs> <laughs> wants uh, a good I, version I want of see, the fog. <laughs> I want to see a multitude of James Herbert books made. Um, we had Shrine made as the Unholy, with mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, um, and it's further cemented Jeffrey Dean Morgan is not a leading man and cannot act worth shit. Um, I really that's, that's want Mr. Winchester see, you're talking about there. I, <laughs> I really want to see Rats Domain and Leia made into a film. If you haven't read them, they are end of the world books that are absolutely horrifying about a nuclear holocaust that produces giant rats the size of dogs that just destroy everything. I am not in for that. It's amazing. <laughs> It's terrifying. Some of the it scenes. Sounds it? Just, oh, it's mm. it's horror writing at its best. James Herbert, without a doubt, is one of the best horror writers that had ever lived. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see the fog. I'd love to see it done properly because it mm. wasn't about this ghost ship that came in the fog and the zombie crew came and killed people. It was essentially a nuclear apocalypse that happened. Um, just a mist that spread across the country, sending everyone insane i've mm-hmm. never actually seen it um and all because whenever i've watched lists of horror films that one has always come up and it always tells us the ending don't see the fucking point <laughs> yeah. so i've never actually seen it it is the one with thomas jane 
No, that's no. the mist. That's, that's the mist. mist. That's, yeah. the, mist. that's, that's mist. the one I've not yeah. seen. So is which one's the one where the, the, the fog turns like affects their skin and like turns it inside out and shit? Or am I just that's making that fog. up? That's the that's fog. the fog. No. The fog's where the pirate ship essentially mm. comes and is Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Yes. Right, okay, yeah. I'm on the right page. And she's okay. a slut in this one, which is quite... Never! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay, I'm on I'm on the page. So the mist, yeah, I've not seen because of that very reason I said. And I've not seen horrifying. Uh, the Fog, as much as uh, I'm, I love the book and the film, totally different, nothing to do with the book, essentially. Um, yeah. I think they're just the same name. I don't a, think they are yeah, actually, it's an adaptation. No, it's, it's a good watch. Um, it is a good watch for a horror film back then, especially for Carpenter. Again, I've got a massive thing for Carpenter films. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. Um, if I was going to do one film differently, I'd probably go with Escape from LA. Because mm. Escape from I wouldn't New York mind. is so good and atmospheric and Escape from yeah, LA yeah. just got too comical. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a new Escape movie now with Kurt Russell again playing an yeah. older snake. I think that would be quite or entertaining to watch. Reboot the franchise and have Wyatt Russell. Mm. He's not as charismatic, but he could look the part. And I guarantee mm. for something like that, he'd bust his balls because it was his dad's baby, that's, wasn't it? But that's the thing, though. He'd be, really scared of, he'd be scared because he's already said he doesn't want to do anything like that kind of relates him to his dad as well. So he's actually yeah. come out and said he, he was wanted. But again, it would work. It would, like say, I would like to say that, but I still want to say an agent snake as well. Um, I yeah. think that would be. Just I think, I think Kurt Russell's still got it in him to, to pull it off. Oh, I reckon he has. He's yeah. good. Yeah. He's just I'm just, I'm just Googling Wyatt Russell for research purposes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've lost the name for the podcast now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His next research well. will be Bork KY. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, just make sure he's got a steady calm there, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they're here, they're here, don't worry. <laughs> What about you, Grant? What would you say? Um, Kev, you've always said that you didn't want to follow me and you've completely got your revenge on me there because I was <laughs> lining up to say James Herbert's The Fog as well. I absolutely <laughs> adore that novel. Um, I can't remember if I brought it, the novel up on the, the charity episode <clears throat> because I had a pile of books there that I was talking to you guys about, but we had a little bit of uh, trouble and I don't know if I got round to it. Um, but at the same time that I first read uh, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut, which is one of my the books yeah. that shaped me, I picked up The Fog at the same time and I read both of them, one after the other. And if anybody could pull this movie off and do it the way that James Herbert depicts it, it wouldn't just be a good end-of-the-world movie. It'd be one of the most savage end-of-the-world movies you've ever seen. There is... Kev knows exactly which bit I'm going to mention. Here he has to. The school. There's there's something that happens in a school in that, and it is one of the most vicious chapters I have ever read in any book. And that's coming out of some of the twisted shit. Yeah. Seen and read. It is <laughs> and I believe you. Um, as far as so, 
now I've stopped ranting about the fog, you fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's payback time. Other one I'd love to see, we've already got coming. Um, I'm still on the fence about it, but I adore the game series. Amazon are adapting uh, the intellectual property for Fallout. Um, yes. And so far, the casting, there's a few names that I'm moderately familiar with, but the one big name that they've got in there playing a ghoul character is an actor called Waylon Goggins. Um, he plays the lead in Justified um, in the later seasons of uh, Sons of Anarchy he yeah, plays the transsexual that gets with um, Tig um, he's, he's a phenomenal actor and the guy's range is criminally underrated um, yeah. having him there heading it up with the kind of character type that is aggressive yet darkly satirical I think is going to be a really really good foundation on which to build it because if you've played the game yeah. the ghouls are always very very sarcastic very dark because they got burned by nuclear fire and then couldn't die so they've been around for hundreds <gasps> of years roaming this fucking wasteland so let's just say they're a little bit pissed off at the surroundings slightly bit have bitter about it yeah <laughs> just a touch um, I got a part in it. that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> right up his alley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know they could get Fallout very very right, or they could get it very wrong. Uh, there's two factions with the Fallout series. You've got the old school PC mm. gamers that kind of bleed a little bit in Fallout Three, and then you've got the people that only like Fallout Three and like Fallout Four and like Fallout Seventy Six. And while I'm never want to gatekeep anything, I've played the Fallout games to the point where I was very very steeped in the law and didn't like where Bethesda have taken it with Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. So I'm praying they pull it a little bit more back into the Black Isle intellectual mm. property. I'm getting boring now because I'm talking about... You are really, honestly, you are really not, <laughs> <laughs> oh, But I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see Bethesda's new vision of Fallout, which is a little bit mm. more polished, a little bit shinier, and it doesn't have the satire. The early games of Fallout where you're walking around the wasteland, there's a bit called Random Encounters. And one of them is the bridge from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And the, answer yeah. me these questions three. Um, there's another bit where you're walking through the wasteland and you found a whale and a, um, a shattered plant pot with petunias in it, which is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. There's a bit where you're walking through and you randomly see a TARDIS disappear. It was always so tongue-in-cheek. Um, and they've, they've got the opportunity to get it so right by creating a viciously gritty wasteland, but having the people in there be actually a little bit okay with it and be able to joke with each other and be able to have a bit of a comedic element. I, I really, really hope they get that element of the Fallout franchise right more than just wastelands and scorpions and death flows. Mm-hmm. I think it's that thing. I think it's like similar to Tank Girl, where it's the idea of you can't just have it as like a fully serious kind of thing. It's this idea of going, the world has ended, but like people will get through with like being quite insane. Like, you know, like like you say, like all the <laughs> stuff in Fallout is like, I mean, even the first Fallout game, you beat it by convincing a supercomputer to kill itself, you know, in a strange way. That's like how to get the best ending, essentially. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it needs that tongue-in-cheek kind of sort of humour to it. And I don't know, that's that's definitely one of the ones where I'd be like, hmm, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I think because they've got Walton Goggins involved, they're very much going to do the tongue-in-cheek thing. The guy is really funny. I mean, if you watch um, the third Predator film, Predators, where he's the prisoner in that. Yes. 
and him and Mahershala Ali bounce off each other so well. I mean, I didn't even know that was Mahershala Ali, the fucking size of him. Um, and they bounce off each other so well in such a horrible fucking way because they hate each other. And he's still joking and he's still yeah. having fun and he, he makes the sacrifice play and it's just like, all right, he's, this is, he's pretty kick-ass. He's yeah. got such a way with his comedy timing yeah. while being in, while being evil as fuck. Yeah. Like he's, uh, he's, he's such he honestly is such an underrated actor. He's yeah, absolutely he's really fantastic. Ooh, that'll be he always reminds me of a um a better version of oh what's his name, man? He was the uh, the main star in Burn Notice. No, I've not seen that. I've heard of it. Burn Notice is essentially live action archer. Um right. yeah, the, oh, the wow, okay. in that, it's it's not as good. But Bruce Campbell's in it, so it's a win. I, I just oh. love that, like Walton Goggins sounds like a character from Fallout. Like he sounds <laughs> like he sounds like someone pressed random on the character generator screen. And, and that's, like, that's who I'm playing, Walton. Yeah, are you going to find a vault full of clones of him or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, other that than Omega Man, Graham. What what adaptation would you like to see? Other than Iron Legend, uh, it's really odd because the more I think about it, the more I go like, because hmm. obviously we, we briefly touched on the day Night of the Living Dead kind of films, and it's obviously in the um, what do we call it? The carousel on the back in the background below me here. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's odd because the problem is like I think the distinction with zombie movies is the fact of I liked zombie mo- movies when they were a metaphor when the zombies were like. Uh, the situation was basically a metaphor for society and stuff, such as like Dawn of the Dead being about consumerism and, you know, yeah. this, you know, and, and, and I think as soon as it started being, no, they're just zombies. Like they're just monsters that eat people. I kind of think that it kind of fell apart a little bit. And that's what yeah. I think the crazy period Grant was referring to. Was it Grant? Okay. I don't know. I'm old. Um, <laughs> what we were referring to. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and I don't know, so I kind I kind of want more a zombie film in the vein of the original, like mm. stuff. But yeah, yeah I, to be fair though, if I'm perfectly honest, what I would like to see remake wise or something or adaptation wise is I'd like to see a proper Resident Evil movie. And it's so annoying because there's been so many of them, and it shouldn't be this hard. But here we are, <laughs> you know, where we're literally going. <laughs> Can we have something? They- where people where they don't just go, let's try and put five games into one film. That'll work great. Like I literally just want special forces going into a mansion and the whole thing is like a buddy cop between like two people trying to survive in this situation with like a murder mystery, like, oh, who's behind it all kind of thing. That's all I want. I don't want the city being destroyed. I don't want car chases or like big explosions or whatever. I you almost got that with the just first one in a weird movie. Yeah, the first one, in a way, did try and keep it more, as I said, enclosed, but then they start expanding but on it. However, stuff. how long are they in the mansion for in the original yeah. Resident Evil? Because it's literally like, here's a corridor. It doesn't look anything like the Resident Evil mansion. Now here's a bright, shiny, white lab- laboratory. And you're like, yeah. the laboratory should be a secret. It should be like, why is this mansion so creepy? And then at the end of the film, the reveal is, oh, it's a research facility. Oh, yeah. you know, like... It, that's it the, and I think the reason why there hasn't been a good adaptation is because they're going no let's get to the good bit now Let, let's get to the big <laughs> monsters now and you're like no Hollywood stop it you know stop. see they, they tried no doing way. this with the newest one with um, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City mm. 
But they spent an hour just giving the Easter eggs and then they had 45 minutes to do the film. Yeah, and that's it. it. Didn't work. They wasted Neil McDonough. Yeah. I, I'd and say maybe... Fucking idiot. If they did it as a series or if they did it as like, I think the problem is though, with the way they make films now is they go, oh, we've got to make this one amazing and then we can get other films rather than being like, oh, let's do the first one. And then for the second film, we'll do the next, the second one. You know, instead they're going, oh, no, no, we have to blow our load on the first one in order to get the next one. You're like, yeah, but you spoiled the second one now. You can't do Resident Evil 2 because you've already put Leon and everyone in it and not given them the proper time. Well, I kind of ruined Leon, but, you know. Uh, Yeah, it's difficult, so you wonder. But, yeah, there there we go. That's all I can think of because the problem is it's like, I, I'm kind of against remakes in a lot of the cases, but you know, like I, I'd like to see more original films because that's how we have things like A Quiet Place, where it's this yeah. idea of like if we could remake The Fog, that would be great. However, if we could remake Night of the Living, that that'd be great. But if we could just have new good films like A Quiet Place, then you're like, yeah, put money yeah, towards like, that. You know? Yeah, yeah but I think like that's original, original stories. Yeah, but I think that's got to be like next week's conversation as well when we like talk about the franchise because that's what everyone's looking for now the franchise. And all again, like put me eighties t shirt back on again here. I think back at the time of the eighties and early nineties as well, there was a lot more risks taken with movies where there were more like adventurous as in let's do a story, let's yeah. let's do a stupid comedy, let's let's. This doesn't have to have a sequel. We're not looking to say what's the next step. We're just wanting to get this movie out and see what yeah. happens. And like I said, where now it's like, right, this is a story for this movie. This is a premise that was made this year. So we're going to make five movies off this story. I think it's like going back and then again, not shitting on it because I do like the movies, but the Fantastic Beasts, when they announced that they were doing the first one, straight away they were like, we're going to do six more films after this. It's yeah. like, and, what? And just there's more to come. And they've been cut. Oh, not now. Warner Brothers have just went by. Warner Brothers, oh, you know, okay. have, have just taken over and done the whole DC thing with it now. But, yeah. I, I haven't seen yeah, the. I haven't seen the third one because no, the second good. one was so terrible. Like it was genuinely this idea good. of going, "This is awful." And then my best mate saw the third one and was like, "How did that get released? Like how? Like it? Mm. They they basically just say that the whole plot doesn't make sense because it's like." But why not just do this? Like you know, like it just is, I think, like, yeah. As oh. Kev said, the third one isn't terrible, but what it does spend a lot of the time is fixing the mistakes from the second one. Yeah, yeah it spent too much so, time fixing those mistakes that it didn't get going. Yeah, so it, that, it worries me that you're like, you know, when you get stuff where it's like, oh, this is going to be a franchise, and yet you're like. But yet you feel like you've run out of ideas very early, you know, and it's because yeah. maybe they're stretching themselves thin in order to make the whole thing. But it's this whole thing of just going, how are we actually going to get to what we want to get to, like what we're waiting for in this series? But that's the thing. I think, as I said, there's original stories, but like, there's that many stories out. But just do the story well. I think yeah. in my premise, that, that's that's what a lot of things don't do now. And since doing Nerdy Up North now, because I used to be very dead set about remakes or anything like that, but then having conversations with people and saying, right, why am I so protective of this type of idea? It's kind of like, does it mean, because as I said before, if anyone mentioned that they were going to remake Back to the Future, I'd want to punch them in the face. Yeah. Um, but now I can see well, how it can potentially, uh, yeah, but now mm-hmm. I can see how it can be done and, and ways it can be done because it's, because a new Back to the Future wouldn't necessarily be for me. It'd be for a different generation or a different younger audience. Just do it well. Don't just yeah. half-ass it. That's the thing. 
But um, so going back on the topic before I got my soapbox again there, Sam, what would you like to see like a different version of or, or like a different telling of? I can't think of any, to be fair. I really can't. And I have racked my brains and listened to yeah. what you have said. And I really can't think of one that I, that I would want to have it redone over. But what I would like to do or see is more of the Cloverfield side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love, like, I didn't, in, I didn't mind the one. What's the one with John Goodman? Yeah, that might be my favorite out of the series, but I think it's spoiled yeah. a bit by people saying that it wasn't meant to be a Cloverfield film. Oh my god, if that's added a, or something. Oh, I absolutely yeah. love the fact that it was within that within that world because I really wanted to see what the fuck happened yeah. after that camera yeah. went off, and I still do. I've not seen the one. That was on Netflix. The space one. Yeah, I have no interest in that. Um, but I just want to see more of the Clover. I love Cloverfield. It was, mm-hmm. it was. I, I love found footage movies. So this was right up my street to start with. The night we watched it, we watched it on a dodgy copy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we were, she we covered had, her mouth so no one heard. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, we had the me and him had the laptop sitting in the middle of the bed. And he, he, he's got a tendency for trying to spook us when we're sitting, no lights on, just watching a film. He's got a tendency for doing it, and he's an arsehole for it. Um, and all of a sudden, the bed started to shake. Like, actually shake. And I went, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I started getting really angry. And he looked at us dead in the face and went, that's not me. And we put <laughs> our hand on the wall, and the wall was shaking. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. I thought absolutely fuck all of it because we were so engrossed in this film and the next day we found out there was a mini earthquake. <laughs> but I remember yeah, the mini earthquake, was, yeah. Yeah, and we, we was... were watching Cloverfield that night and yeah, it was the dead lucky givers. Like I've <laughs> never seen him so serious. He just went, That's not me. I was going, what the fuck? <laughs> but we like I wasn't concerning myself in that moment because of how gripped I was with this film. I hadn't seen a found footage film in a long time that got us like this. Like Blair Witch got us really good, but this yeah. was, but it was that I just want to see more. Yeah, I, I, I'm it's Mr. Trick there. He could have done the whole Grease 2 move, said, let's do it for the country. The <laughs> <laughs> red, white, and the blue. And the blue. <laughs> I would he has Sorry. got such a tendency for like trying to scare the shit out of us. The best one was Minority Report. And I'm like, because I get really like dead set on something and I have to really concentrate because my brain just goes all over the place. Tom Cruise was coming after you. (laughs) Honestly, all he did was go like, all he did was put his hands on my shoulders while I fucking levitated. Like absolutely levitated out of my chair. And I've I've never watched that film since. Um, Mine's probably predictable because of how bad like the film that we got compared to the book. World War Z, like mm. that film should have been A to B, simple as fuck to make. Yeah. And what the fuck we got? Yeah. It shouldn't have been a film. No. World War Z is a series. It should have been fucking TV series. Yeah. yeah. It's my it's my mum's favourite book of all time. And this is the woman who does not like horror. She fucking mm. loves that book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, like I say, I know, not to slag it off too much, but the book had layers, and this was just mm-hmm. Brad Pitt being dishy Brad and uh, like, like, like even the special effects. I can't dis like say anything bad about the special effects because the way they made the film, 
it was mesmerizing the look look of it was perfect yeah. but this was like like a book of political thriller uh political horror sorry um and there was just none of that element in there it yeah. was just like brad pitt saving the world against zombies and i was kind of like there was nothing about the russia element or anything like that which yeah, again was, much quite... what it was always going to be it was mm-hmm. just it, it was a zombie film that should never have been called World War Z. Mm, should yeah, never yeah. have been called it. It's like it's a bunch of stories, isn't it? That kind of into into where you could have done so much with that. They could so have much. This is the thing. It's wow. They, they need to be looking at adaptation <laughs> stuff when they're adapting it and being like, "Can we do this properly?" No then we won't do it. But instead they go, oh, people like zombie movies. What's got zombies in? Okay, cool. We'll just slot this into... And you just go, no, it's better just not to make a film than do it badly, you know? No, no, I certainly agree. And and I I would never shit on anyone's ambition because for years people were telling like directors or filmmakers that you'll never make a Lord of the Rings film. Hmm. And, look and what the, happens! You made you had to make three of them. We got we got, got films about walking, <laughs> and uh, but what they should have thought is that we can make a Lord of the Rings film, but we shouldn't do three Hobbit films. But still, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. They, they were better than the Lord of the Rings. Pev, I'm not getting into this tonight. Is there a way to meet his mic? Is there? Is there way to... we, we've got yeah. we've got to talk about fandoms next week and, and franchises. We can yeah, do I'm it then. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but um, again, coming back to well, the end news like what the fuck moments would you say in end world moments? Is anything that like kind of like shocked you or thing? I know the obvious one, which Sam mentioned, was the mist. Like say, and and oh, I was yeah. luckily luckily the one that missed the spoilers. And when I watched that for the first time, yeah. I've never been broken as much watching an ending because it was a well made film. And I, that can I can understand crazy. based on I've seen the I've seen the ending oh, a million times, um, mm. and I can totally understand how. And I don't want to get to that point. I don't mm. want to see what's happened beforehand because I know where it's ending. So I'm mm. okay. I don't want to watch that film because I don't want to go through that emotion <laughs> at all. What about you guys? What any, anything that's like kind of jumped out and you thought I can't believe what I've just seen? Other than Waterworld, where Kevin Costner had gills. Um, Anthony fucking loves that film, by the way. He really fucking loves it. We own it on Blu-ray and everything. <laughs> the, uh, I'm going. I'm going back to the zombie genre here, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a completely different way of it actually sort of being told and coming across. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen it yet, but it stars, speaking of the Hobbit, uh, Martin Freeman, and it's a film called Cargo. No, oh, um, no, I've not heard absolutely, of it. Absolutely, it's uh, Australian or New Zealand, um, but it's absolutely fucking horrifying. It'll be um, New Zealand, then. <laughs> it's oh, honestly, it's it's disgusting. It's just the way these zombies are. They're not like, oh, I've been bit. I'm going to die and come back and just sort of sort of crawl along the floor, like, oh, brains, or just be a rage zombie. These things, like literally, they start putting over at the face and solidifies and oh. crystallizes. And it's just absolutely horrible watching how they move and they're that itchy and stuff like that. They end up burying the heads in the sand like ostriches. Uh, it's it's a fucking it's a body horror. Grant you love it. Um, <laughs> the first time you see that I happening, did you see Grant going? Yes, yes. The, like the first the time you see that. Oh, it's class. But the first time you see it happening, you're like, oh, what the fuck is that? It's disgusting. It's brilliant. You'll love it. 
<laughs> but it's a good story as well. Um, Graham, if you want an original zombie film, that's you want. Yeah, no, that's it. It sounds crazy. Like it's class, uh, and Martin Freeman's brilliant. Sadly. <laughs> oh, behave! He's a prick. It, it's well, well, Martin Freeman's fact. one of those ones where whenever I see him cast, I'm like, "How is this going to turn out?" But then yeah. he's, he's really, really good sometimes, and then other times he's <laughs> just a bit like, "Oh, this wasn't the one for you." <laughs> yeah. But Cargo's good. Cool. What about you, two? I'm I'm having trouble thinking about anything. Like it's this sort of thing of like obviously I would have gone with the mist. Like the mist, mm. the end of the mist. Like unless you put like the chuckle vision theme afterwards, <laughs> it's a horrifying bit of cinema. I mean, you know, I mean that would be the palate cleanser that we deserve for it. Yeah. But um no, I have nothing. <laughs> I literally, I'm really struggling to find. I, I think it's because all of these movies are second nature to me and I've watched them so many times mm-hmm. that I'm kind of going like, how did I feel? Was I shocked by that? You know, in yeah. that weird mm-hmm. kind of way. But yeah, no, I have nothing. No, what are you, Grant? <laughs> um, I've been racking my brains a little bit here and it's one that I've rewatched fairly recently and still enjoyed it as much as I did. We're talking about the Fallout franchise. And it's not the Fallout franchise, obviously. <laughs> but um, this film got the imagery probably as close as I would want them to get for the Fallout franchise, Book of Eli, with uh, oh, Larry yes. so good. Um, I nearly said Brandon Fraser there. It's absolutely not Brandon Fraser. No. <laughs> no, it's Denzel. Denzel. <laughs> um they both Anybody? loved equally as much. That's very, very true. <laughs> it's been out so many years that uh, if anybody's worried about spoilers, then fuck you, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but, you know, basically Denzel's walking through the wasteland and he's in possession of something that will seemingly solve all the world's problems. And whilst I don't necessarily agree with what the book that he is carrying is, the message behind it is necessarily what will save the world in fact it's probably what destroyed the world but it's that there's a little twist in relation to what he's carrying and um it it really really fucks gary oldman who's playing the main villain at the end when he finally gets what he wants um in fact i said no spoilers he's got a book that was supposed to solve the world's problems um and he does so gary oldman finally gets a hold of the book and at the end of it turns out that uh, the entire book is written in braille um, so Oldman can't read what has been read and just that bit where he opens it and it's all in Braille I was like, oh, motherfucker, yes! <laughs> and I have actually seen this film. <gasps> I know! <laughs> A film that Grant has mentioned, I have actually seen it. I'm just more interested Doc. in the fact that there's been a film that you've seen. Well done. No, we, we, we got that <laughs> on Friday as well. You should have seen it next time. Have you seen the essentials? Like, yes, I've seen that one. <laughs> Hold on. Do we need a Captain America reference of, hey, I got that reference? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> we'll get the meme on for Sam's face on there. That's me. <laughs> I get very excited now when everyone, when someone mentions a film I've seen, I'm like, oh, I can say I've seen it. <laughs> I don't have to pretend and just look confused. And just, and just smiling mode <laughs> like I do with the rest of them. <laughs> the Book of Eli is a beaut. It, it gets post-apocalyptia right. It yeah. gets yeah. it really, yeah. really right on its aesthetic. And you've got Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman facing mm-hmm. off against each other. That absolute god tier. 
um, from both just a general acting perspective and a nerd perspective. It, it's what you want out of post-apocalyptic. It really, really is. Wasn't there another one that came out around the same time, The Road? The Road, oh, yeah. Oh, with with Hugo Mortensen. Yeah, that was basically just a normal Monday night on Shields Road and Biker. Uh, <laughs> that, that was the hardest film I've watched. Like, I, I, yeah, what, as an understanding it? Because I've still not seen it. It's, it's I, just, I, I own it's just, and everything. It's just not enjoyable. Oh, it's right, just, okay. You're just watching, you just... You don't, it's a hard one. There's just no fun or joy from getting out because there's some films you watch to be sad. There's some films that get an emotion. You get, yeah. You just you just feel it's uncomfortable and not like. See, so you can. I don't like this. The brilliance of the road. It is. It, it, that's what being in the apocalypse would feel like. You come mm-hmm. out of it just wanting to fucking cry and top yourself. Um, because yeah. it's an ordeal to watch. It's not Paul's right, it's not a nice experience, but I think I've established the fact with my film choices in the past <laughs> that I don't necessarily watch a film to enjoy it. I watch it to get absorbed in some raw emotion of one or the other in the yeah. room. It it grabs you by the fucking balls and yeah. drags you through the apocalypse or vagina. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for it drags you me. through the vagina instead of the apocalypse. All right. Yes. <laughs> can I um, can I throw one that's a bit there, uh, a bit left field that not many people would think about for end of mm-hmm. the world? And yeah. it's it, I'm going to get the piss ripped out of us for this one, and I am. But it's a brilliantly written film. It's a fun film. Why the soundtrack is no, no, not that. <laughs> yeah. The soundtrack is absolutely fantastic to it. Um, it's got some brilliant actors in it. Um, but it perfectly sums up the feeling of losing your entire world and what your friends and family are doing to pull you back through it. P.S. Oh. I love you. All right. Never that watched it, I'll be honest. I've never seen it, but I know the concept. How many kids? I, I, I genuinely thought <laughs> this is going to be a fantastic film. Gerard Butler dies. This is when he oh, well, I'm watching it. <laughs> it wasn't when he After was trying to act. After what he put me act. through with Geostorm. Yeah, <laughs> it's not when he was trying to act. It's when he was known as a pretty boy. And the concept of the film essentially is, when you're watching it, Gerard Butler's already dead. And he's oh, just yes. popping up in flashbacks. Bonus. And the entire film is letters that he's wrote before he's died because he knew what was going to happen. And he sent mm-hmm. them to his wife and they're on a time delay. Mm. And you've got the likes of uh, James Masters, you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan, you've got Gerard Butler, you've got Hilary Swank, you've got Harry Connick Jr., you've got um, Kathy Burke. It's a brilliant cast. The soundtrack from the Pogues and Flog and Molly and stuff like that, it's like all Irish music, it's all around the Boston area and Ireland. It's just absolutely phenomenal, and it shows you like the range of emotions that Hilary Swank's going through. Like, I'm not getting out of bed, I'm not yeah. putting on clothes, I'm not bathing, I'm not eating. To, mm-hmm. We need to go to his hometown, we need to visit his family, we need to try and build some semblance of life outside of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Lisa Kudrow in that film is just absolutely phenomenal. I no, it's, Charlotte's it's, it's, comment on the group chat. Sorry, Paul, but Charlotte's just put... No, she says, Kev loves this film. We've been together nearly five years and I've still not seen it, but I know it inside and out. <laughs> it's a class film, honestly. It's a really, well, it's a really well done film. Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of grief for liking it. Um, I discovered it when I was, I was, I was going to a really. I mean, we're going back about eight or nine years now. I was going mm. through a really, really bad period of depression, um, and literally, I, I, 
don't know how I made it through it, but I discovered that film, and I remember just sitting in bed one night crying my eyes out like a little bitch, and I thought, is this what it's like with, you see those stereotypical breakup films in America where the lasses are sat with their ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I was in bed with me dressing gown on, wrapped in a blanket Aww. with ice cream. This and I just looked at myself in the mirror, and I just burst out laughing. I was like, right, that's it, I'm pulling me head out of my arse. Oh, that film was literally responsible that. for me pulling me head out of my arse. Yeah, I give it a watch. I, I had a similar experience. Like the premise is is different to the, but um, I've I've talked about it numbers of times, and I've always tried to get people to read this book as well. Just don't watch the film. It's got Jim Carrey, and it's 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 abysmal. Um, yes, man. Uh, yes, man. Danny Wallace. Like I, said, I went yeah. through a really bad breakup many moons ago. Didn't know what to do, and it's one of them ones where you're sitting in the house, and you like everyone's asking you to go out or do something. You always say no. And this book is basically just Danny Wallace going through the same thing. But fair enough, he's, like I say, at the time he wasn't a, a big name, but he had somebody, he was a writer and producer, like for BBC and stuff. So he had somebody to be able to do things that normal people wouldn't. But people asked, he, he met someone one day, like say, just on a random adventure. This is the same guy that started up a cult by accident. So I see very much similarities. That's the book I've got. That's join the me. I've got. Join yeah. me as well. But um, basically, because of join me happened, he broke up with his girlfriend at the time, so he was going through the bad patch. And um, he realised, like say, someone just said to him, do you need to say yes more? So he just went, I'm gonna, for the next six months of my life, I'm going to say yes to everything. But he had two rules. He couldn't use it to take advantage of someone by sleeping with them, or he mm-hmm. couldn't kill someone. That's so. Um, the movie is absolutely terrible because it makes because it because it, it it changed it from what, what could have been like a British comedy to American where Jim Carrey was possessed and had to say yes it wasn't a choice where Danny Wallace had a choice of saying yes yeah. um, and he actually did it for six months of his life and it changed his life and the amount of opportunities and I didn't go to the realm of saying yes to everything like because I'm not crazy um, but I said yes to, to a lot more. And it did mm-hmm. change aspects and it changed things. And like I say, I, I met my lovely wife and I know that aspect. But it's amazing how much, like, I know it sounds like I'm preaching now, it's no. amazing how much you go through your day. And if you think about how many times you say no to someone and no to things, even no, no to yourself. So it's, it's, the, it's, it's the no to myself. I can say, I, it, it's the no, I always say no to myself when I should be saying yes more. Yeah. But I like, do agree the whole, with that. Um... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like the whole... people need to learn to say no properly as well. Certainly. Um, but like I said, it's, it's the same note of opportunities. Like the funniest thing I've like read and like say, I wish we saw it properly in, in film wise was when Danny Wallace is in. Like if you look on search Danny Wallace, he is just one of like the nerdiest people you'll ever yeah, see. He... Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he is, picture like, on the kid. back of his book, just like it, that's how I picture him. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he goes basically to a nightclub because his friend asks him to a nightclub. And he's standing there talking, and this girl's standing there talking, and he's just talking away. And this bloke walks over and says, are you chatting on my girlfriend? So he goes, yes. He says, are you looking for a fight? And the, Danny Wallace being the nerdiest thing person, Winston said, yes. And the bloke just went, you fucking nut, and walks off. So Danny <laughs> Wallace runs out of the nightclub saying, I've just won my first ever fight due to the power of yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I but absolutely it, love it. I don't have that book because the mm-hmm. one that you really made us buy was the cult one. <laughs> yeah, join, join me. It's yeah. Similar, to, similar how I started Nerdy Up North. I just put a post on saying, join me. But they did the same by putting it something in the magazine. 
Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but he didn't have an idea what the cult was, but my cult formed quite naturally, shall we say. But yes, yes. Um, <laughs> end of the world movies, sorry, uh, Kev was talking about. But that, like I said, that story just kind of triggered um story in me. But I think I at the time, mm, there's different aspects, but probably yeah. um, again, going back to end of the world ones, and I would be amiss now that Donna said this earlier. I, I do want to touch on it before we end. Like how amazingly well done Wally was done. I've never seen it. Oh, I can't myself it's to watch it. It's like say if you're looking at dystopia or end of the world, like 45 minutes of that film, there's no talking. I have seen the first bit of it. I'll admit that. I just I've not seen the end of it. I fell asleep. I, I think I think Wally is an important movie because obviously in the in the latter half of it, basically where it goes into what humanity's done and humanity's like tendency to be like, oh, we messed that up. Well, let's move on and start something else rather than fixing mm. it. And obviously, like, and I think that's a really good message to be giving kids because it's this idea of going, no, no, we need to maybe take hold of things mm. right now. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really good, but it's it's fascinating though. I can't. I can't. I, I was going to say there aren't many kids-related films about like the end of the world, but then like Wally <laughs> and Treasure Planet and Titan A and you know, <laughs> and one of the scariest movies as well. It's not technically world end of the world, but end of their world. Watership Down. Oh yeah, my god, that's not. That, <laughs> that is just like just childhood trauma. No, it's horrible. It's awful. Um, Greenland. I don't know if anyone saw that one. No, yeah, I didn't. Greenland no, was a really good end of the, the world chat. one with um, Gerard Butler, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> but essentially, they, uh, he's an engineer. So when they find out that the world's going to end, he's one of the few in America that's been specifically chosen because he's like a lead engineer. So he's like really high up, like runs mm. his own firm. Um, so he's one of the few that his family is picked to go into the bunker to survive it. Um, and it shows you, know, like, dealing with his neighbours and stuff like that when they're not selective and the heartbreak there when they're having to leave friends and family behind. Um, the fact that his kid's diabetic, so they're like, we can't, we, can't have, we can't have your kid, you know? Uh, your, your kid can't have him, he's diabetic. We, we can't Jesus. look after him. Um, and then he ends up split from his wife and kids. Uh, they're trying to get back to each other and trying to get everything on the plane and get sorted out. Um, it, it's fucking horrifying until literally the last five minutes when you think, this film should have ended 10 minutes ago. And it really yeah. I am going the to words be... words right out of my mouth with that. It is, yeah. They had the perfect ending, and then they just kept going for another five minutes, and it broke me heart because I got so invested in that movie, much the same as what you were saying. There's some harrowing bits, and it really, really draws you in. And then yeah. I went, wow. And then it kept... Oh, don't! It's, Sorry. It's <laughs> when, the, when it went to black. It's yeah. when it faded to black. That's where it should have ended to leave your brain thinking, what's going on? Absolutely, yeah. mate. Absolutely. God. I'm going to need to watch something really fucking funny after this. <laughs> <laughs> the, mate, the end of I the am mist. I so down. <laughs> the end of the... You can fuck off. I'm not... No, no, but we're with the Chuckle Vision theme on. <laughs> yeah. All Holy shit, if someone can do that edit for us, I will watch the whole film. <laughs> oh, can you watch uh, Waterworld. <laughs> oh god, don't if I mention that film and will instantly and will instantly want to put it on. I've seen I it think I've seen it more times than I should. Um oh, what was up uh, the postman with um 
oh, don't. <laughs> that just not, makes it, no it sense terrible. at all. It does make it terrible, no... but it needs to be thrown out there as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mad Max 1 and 2 were just classics. Yes, yeah. like standalone. Like, I, I don't even see them as apocalyptic movies now. It's just great. Like uh, That's it's the way the world should it. end. <laughs> I also like that on this on this whole episode we haven't been we've kind of talked about movies that aren't necessarily end of the world movies they're like you know they're like dystopian future stuff we haven't talked about things like what was it called 2012 or you know we talked about the day after tomorrow but you know the one kind of situation like oh there's a flood or Armageddon where it's like oh the world's gonna and we haven't discussed any of these like (laughs) where the main plot is the end of the world it's like well fuck them yeah they're crap yeah. what was the one I, I watched the other day? Watch. I think it was, was it the core or something? Oh my God, the core makes me And I watched it and I was like, I thought this would be terrible, but it wasn't. It's not. But that's all I can say about it. I, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I cried more than I actually should have in that film because the it was the guy who wanted to get back to his daughter's. Yeah. And he didn't. And it broke my heart and still that's takes a piss out of me for that. But as, as I was saying before, with like a lot of these movies, dark world classes, big budget B movies, but some of them should have been better than the what they were. Like Deep Impact should have been amazing. Oh, it, it, was, it, it. It, it was always in the shadow of uh, Armageddon, shall we say? But like, uh, to be fair, though, yeah. Armageddon, nothing really happens other than no, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis being a moody motherfucker. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Michael Cock Duncan with his leopard print duds. <laughs> oh my god, yeah! And Steve Buscemi wanting to ride a rocket. <laughs> and, and William Fickner being an absolute arsehole in space. Why have you and got it done? Scary thing of how I remember that film so fucking well. And I haven't seen and, it in I mean, years. Will Patton making every bloke in the cinema nearly cry by putting a rocket on the step and saying, watch the TV. Yeah, and what was it? Um, Every bloke in the cinema welled up. <laughs> the biggest, dis- the biggest, the biggest disappointment that we ever got as well. Like if Tom World ending Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, so Hitchhikers but at least the world is... ended for a sensible reason in that. Yeah, yes. Hitchhikers is a huge, a huge deal in my house because it's one of my mum's favourites, and I've grew up without reading the book to us. Uh, we watched the, the TV series. My good god, like she's a fucking. My mum tried her hardest so badly as for me to get into like proper sci-fi, like mm-hmm. not this fucking Ghostbuster shit. And it didn't work, but it did as an adult. And I appreciate it more now as an adult. And then I was so excited for the film and like Alan Rickman was going to be in it. And oh my God, it was fucking awful. <laughs> it was so bad. The <laughs> thing with the Guide was that there was so much that they needed. To cr- I adore Douglas Adams. I mm. fucking yeah. adore the books. His writing um, is just so fucking amazing like where do you start with hitchhiker's guide if you're gonna try and shoehorn it into an hour and a half or two hours yeah Uh, just don't yeah Yeah, that's it it's like resident evil don't try and do all of it in one bloody film yeah but again could we not now be in an an era where hitchhiker's guide and you know the the subsequent you know follow-ons mm-hmm. you know so long and thanks for all the fish and restaurant yeah. at the end of the universe and all that kind of stuff yeah could we not see that serialized by somebody fucking yeah. huge like hbo or amazon or something yeah. like that for them mm-hmm. to do a truly spectacular job of it i would mm-hmm. love to see it i would suck off a dozen tramps to see that <laughs> done as a tv series two I'm dozen there's a tagline to the episode grant yeah. yeah. suck off, a, suck dozen off a dozen tramps and <laughs> i think amazon would do it 
very beautifully given just and I'm just taking this off the back of Rings of Power I think they could really put a lot of fucking money into it and because the 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 TV series from 70s 80s is not great but it gives you the essence it's very Red Dwarf-esque yeah uh but it gives you the essence of Hitchhikers and you do like you get to understand Mm. it um and it it does help if you know that to then read the book because the book is Oh, it's something. Um, but the I love. I would love to see Amazon re or, or any big network. Just I was gonna really say, can, can Amazon anyone? afford it now after Ring of Powers because they've lost I, a lot of money. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. Well, let's say HBO. Let's just yeah. chuck them at their name in there. Um, <laughs> just someone just to give it the time and attention it needs, as opposed to trying to shoehorn everything into an hour and a half because you're not gonna get. You're not, you're not going to get it, and it's so wonderful. And oh, I could go on forever. Sorry, I didn't realize how much Hitchhikers meant to us until we mentioned it there. <laughs> I, I think, I think Hitchhikers is something where I don't think, I don't think you could adapt it in a conventional way. Like, there's no way you can make it into a film that you're going to sit at the cinema and see. No. But I think, like, when we're talking Netflix or Amazon and stuff, like a TV show like that, like what I would do is I would make it interactive. I would make the TV show, but have it where the actual book is like on your phone. So basically, you're watching it, and basically, <laughs> I think bits... it's made <laughs> No, no, like if you did bits of it where basically you have it on the screen, where if you go to the screen with your phone, it brings up the book and then pauses the Amazon or whatever, and then just goes, oh, and then gives you the the description like the book doing it and then you don't need to be factoring those bits into the actual flow of an episode oh my god make an interaction oh my yeah, god. That, that's what i that's what, how i would adapt it and then you'd have this sort of because the, the joy of the book and <laughs> like because because it, it does it in the original tv series where it just has him checking the book and then it goes into this silly thing yes with all the animated pictures. and that's what you need to do but how do you do a tv show where you keep having to stop and start all the time i don't care but i want it yeah. done dude <laughs> Okay, so kaleidoscopes out, yeah, and it's got this whole concept about how you can watch them in any order. What yeah. about you put into the um thing the oh Christ, what's it called now? That is that the Heart of Gold Drive thing? You know the the thing that they use to shoot through space in mm-hmm. the oh, in, you know. So every time that you go to watch it, you just go click, and it goes blah, 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 and it gives you a random episode. <laughs> yeah. sitting there for hours even days trying to unearth episodes because of the random number generator spinning <laughs> stuff back around to you douglas adams would cream his shorts if he thought that that's what we were doing <laughs> with his intellectual property that would be oh, <laughs> oh anybody gosh. who's watching that makes movies i'm your idea guys. <laughs> um, i'd like okay. to say them to um i don't know if anyone's seen like read it before but i read it in school uh, a book called zed for zachariah um, they'd done a film in 2015, which was a bag of shit, but I'd love to see them do the oh, book Oh, no, um, I, I totally thought you meant something else there, but no. No, oh, it's no. Um, a bloke and a girl. They're the only two survivors of a nuclear holocaust. Um, that's essentially just companionship yes. throughout it all. Mm. There's about sinister or romantic about it, or it's just companionship throughout the nuclear holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a hard read in school. Like I think I was about 14, 15 when I read it. But I genuinely suggest anyone get a copy of it. It's a really, really fucking horrible read, like, but it's good. <laughs> Isn't it you know, amazing how good. we're all like 
watch all this end of the world stuff. It's really fucking horrible. But it's really fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to, if we're all going to go off and watch all of these end of the world films, we need like a Disney episode next yes. week or something. We need, <laughs> need like something light. And Sunshine fluffy. and lollipops episode. Yeah. Sunshine and lollipops and rainbows. Wizard of Oz. Let's talk about Dorothy. No, let's talk about Return to Oz. There you go. Um, If someone can get that edit, though, of The Mist with the Chuckler Brothers at the end, I will most certainly watch that. I will watch it. Just just so we can finish off on a high note as well, Sam's just just mentioned a film that she probably didn't even realise could have been classed as an end of the world, because if Goza got the way... That would have oh been an end of the world movie. Ghostbusters is is an end of the world movie. Oh yeah, because oh, it's not. <laughs> well, it could be. <laughs> Steve Puff Marshmallow Man could have flattened all of us. Yes, exactly. And you know, he was fucked. easily defeated with a box of matches and a short <laughs> stick Kev. with some graham crackers. Kev, he was hard as fuck. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> not a very good marshmallow of his art, is he? Exactly. It's a steel marshmallow. Steel marshmallow. Crusty old marshmallow. Proper got defensive there over the <laughs> marshmallow man. Jesus, what's wrong with us? <laughs> but yes. but I, I think Ghostbusters could be classed as because, like I said, Gozer was bringing an end in, in the world. Well, well, no, it wasn't yeah. just Gozer, it was Gozer's followers. So the Gozer comes because um, Shandor, what's his face, he creates this cult of people to then bring Gozer to the, the surface and then end the world as we know it. So there you go. End of the world. Fucking Ghostbusters. <laughs> My <God. laughs> yeah, so and on that anyone, note... <laughs> got, anyone got any 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 ones they want to mention before we do a wrap up? Because I've just realised we've been talking for over two hours. <laughs> Can Good I just times. A, a quick question out there to everybody. Uh, what's your favourite end of the world scenario? Like, you know, is it is it a comet? Oh, is okay. it zombie? Um, is it virus? Which one really gets you? Either I think I would like to have the world blow up so everyone goes at the same time because if a zombie apocalypse happens, I am out first. Like, I'm gone. So I'm going to miss all the good shit of, you know, when the world is, like, dystopian and shit like that. And I'm going to miss all that. So I want you all to come out. I'm being selfish here. And I want you all to be taken out at the same time as I am. So I'm not missing anything. <laughs> um, I'll probably Take your finger zombie. off the button, Sammy. <laughs> um, I'll probably say is I would like to be a, Z- a zombie land style because I think I could do well, like, in that type of scenario. <laughs> um, to follow those rules and guidelines, like I say, I'm, I, I like rules. I'm, I'm okay with them. Um, <laughs> I'll follow. <laughs> as long as to be fair, I'm chubby these days, but like I say, I am quick, so I can probably outrun most of you fuckers. Yes, me. I'll be on so, yeah, <laughs> I will be gone. <laughs> but I can yes. shoot, so I'll be all right. <laughs> See? Again, scared of guns. I think <laughs> we've had this conversation before. Am I having deja vu? Is there a glitch in the Matrix? I really do feel like we've had this conversation before. Another end of the world <laughs> movie, The Matrix. <laughs> I, I think it, I think for me it's a bit weird because like I'd hate zombie uh, zombie thing because like I, I'm with Sam where it's like I know loads of people and it's everyone does it where they just go oh I'd be amazing in a zombie apocalypse thing and I'm like no you would go nuts after a week and kill yourself like that you know it's like, <laughs> the, the whole thing of going yes you could run zombies for like oh like outrun zombies for a day but then do it for 
a month, a year, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's that idea of realistically, it's like, that would be awful. I mean, for me, I kind of like want, I kind of want a biblical one just because oh, as like an atheist. Just to as, see. Well, well, like as, as an atheist, well, no, as an agnostic, gnostic. but fairly I'm confident agnostic. that all of the stuff that people would assume was a biblical thing. Like, I like the idea of if, you know, like a religious apocalypse happened, it was nothing to do with the Bible. It was like Hindu gods appearing and you're like, oh. No one warned me about this, but fair cop. It's very funny. (laughs) You know, that that kind of idea of just going, who the hell are you? And you're like, I'm a Mesopotamian god. And it's like, well, (laughs) wow, okay. That'd be so cool. But you know, like, it's like, how many arms do you have? Um, But no, but I kind of like the idea of a biblical one, just so my final words can be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing it all wrong before. (laughs) Oh, well, that's me looking silly. Just yeah. that, just that. Oh fuck! With that facial expression, that is that's how I want you to go out, Graham in general. <laughs> that's it. I don't want this long, prolonged. Like, oh, maybe we'll survive eating whatever food we can find. I'm just like, no, mate. Like, I, zombie apocalypse. My skills are useless. My yeah, skills are like something like comedy hosting uh, and web development. And you're just going like, I'm pretty sure. People aren't going to want websites when the world is dead. <laughs> you know, we like, do need laughter. We, that's it we need laughter and bullets so we need to... <laughs> <laughs> dance and make us oh. laugh queen I'm thinking there's not much of a market for drag after the apocalypse but maybe <laughs> no. that could be a thing. I think I think there will no, because the, the world will need laughter and you will be it the will, one providing it yeah. he's, he's got a great point everyone seems to think like oh zombie apocalypse I'd do fine I can shoot I can kind of cook I can eat tins of food all day. I can fight. I can run. I'm quite healthy, but I know for a fact I'd be dead within a month. I thought you were going to start No, I thought he was going to start quoting hook. I can fly, I can fight, I can throw. I can crow! I genuinely think I would. Like You can outrun things for a day or two, but eventually you'd get tired, and let's face it, everyone likes to sleep, and everyone needs to sleep. Yeah, that's my problem. That's how I'm going out. They're going to get you regardless. Ideally, if in an ideal world, if I was going... That's it? Yeah. Snap. Done. But, Done. but go, going back to what Graham said about the biblical side, I did read something today that didn't make us laugh. They've went into production on uh, Passion of the Christ too. The Christ too. Shut, yeah. Shut up! The revenge. I am not shitting you. Oh my god, what if he comes back as a cyborg? What if he comes back as Buddy Christ? I mean, I'm, how is it going to end? <laughs> Look, Jesus, have you seen that really dark tunnel over there? Let's push a boulder in front of it. Ha ha. That has started the production to, uh, this month. Yeah. Oh, my God. What's the tagline? So, Passion of the Christ 2, The Passioning. Oh, the Passioning. Oh, passion. <laughs> passion of the Christ 2, now we can't hold a marble. <laughs> yeah, like more pa- I like yeah. more passion. I think that's fucking too. And then you get a hammer, and it goes. Gung, gung. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see it now. The passion of the Christ too. See this hole? I can measure the perfect portion of spaghetti. <laughs> you know for a fact. No, what if the poster is a hand, but like a hole with a two on it? <gasps> <laughs> it's going to be the passion of the Christ too. He can't get a handful of rice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Mel, Mel Gibson's made his comeback. Yes. But yeah, we're not going to watch Jesus. <laughs> right. It ain't, it ain't the Christ he's passionate about. Oh, oh that's crazy. Right. And on that note, speaking of things that want you, make you want to say Christ. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so that was the <laughs> end of the world episode, and we ended up with Christ. <laughs> Excellent. We always went that way. I can't. I don't think we can surpass that. Yeah, but um, I think thank- goodwill, goodwill in the chat. Crucify this. Is <laughs> <laughs> that his family guy, though? Isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah okay. I thought it was excellent. Wow, that's really made my night. That that's turned that's turned all this doom and gloom into something quite. <laughs> so yay! <Yes. laughs> so thank you guys for joining us thank tonight. You. Like I say, it's been a laugh. Um, if anyone's <laughs> listening, please go out and check out our uh, last episode on Friday. Or call episode one hundred and eleven. Um, like I say, our first like kind of an interview esque with a like a nerdy business, which um, like I say, with a lovely Dan of uh, Blade Marvelous, which was an absolute hoot to have. Um, and we found out that basically Ev's meme stealing was the main reason that she joined Nerdy Up North. So thank you, Kev. <laughs> thank uh, you, Kev. <laughs> um, yes. Next week we are doing favorite franchises, and we do have a new special guest joining us there. Uh, we do Jessica that Sam made friends with at the Com- Comic Con not too long ago. Um, it's Jessica Fox. Jessica right? Fox, I believe. It's a uh, lovely girl. Yes, you couldn't have her. Cool. So we're talking about favorite franchises. So yeah, be prepared for the uh, Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings debate to rage on, uh, <laughs> and see who comes out on top. Um, Jesus Christ, just finish it by next Sunday, will you, Jesus? <laughs> It'll be me. Yeah. I always do. <laughs> um, yeah, and also our first ever Patreon series will be launching very soon. And it's all going to be about the crazy world of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. So be on the lookout for advertisements for it of when it will be launching. Yes, and I wouldn't be too much involved with that one because I'll be honest. He's not, not involved at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, not at I'll, all be the, I'll be making, the... putting the videos together, doing all yes. the work. So. Yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's doing all the tech stuff while I'm just doing all the talking. It's pretty much how things work right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk now. <laughs> Am I getting slated? No, I'm just like, you still talk now, but you just have to talk like that. <laughs> what else are we doing? We're on Facebook? Uh, yes, Facebook. Um, we're all in talks that we might have another episode coming out on Tuesday. I did, we mentioned it, but I think Sam might have forgotten about it. Oh shit! No, I didn't. I, get, I sorry, I did, <laughs> but I'm, I haven't now. Yes. Yeah. I will, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yes. So we'll see what's going to happen. But um, yes, like follow us on Facebook, uh, Nerdy Up North Community, Instagram, uh, Sammy's TikTok, uh, the Nerdy Yay. Up North TikTok that she's doing because she's down with the kids. Um, Very much. <laughs> but yes, um, anyone else got anything to put? I know Grant's got the album that's been doing. Well, yeah, where can we find that, Grant? Um, well, I'll chuck some... Um... Uh, links in the the comments and all that kind of stuff. I stuck the the band's record company profile in the live chat. If anybody saw it, would have popped up on Daradelf Records. Um, band's name is Acrontia Sticks. It's me and Jake from the Team Podcast, um, along with Adam, who had he did pop up on the the free for all yep. episode that we did. And Paul, um, basically at any point in the Facebook group, if you see a big moth logo with four fat 
beardy guys underneath it. Well, three fat beardy guys and Jake, because Jake's definitely the uh, the pretty one out of us. Um, <laughs> the, the most angelic looking one. <laughs> um, you can find it there. Um, it's a bit, It's now been launched fully digitally, so Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Deezer, fucking whatever else. If you just search the band name, um, like I say, Acarantia Sticks, um, it's the Latin name for the Death's Head moth that pops up in uh, Silence of the Lambs. So if you're struggling to find that, type in Death. death <laughs> you are really covering all grounds grants we've sent press releases all over the world and the last one did well it was getting played on a load of podcasts and played on a load of radio stations but especially in the states you get people going and this is by Atrunchiantiatistics. It's like, oh, come on, dude. So I ended up taking a snippet from Silence of the Lambs, putting it in the press pack and labeling it. This is how you pronounce the fucking name. And it's a bit where he goes, Angel Starling, meet Acarontiastics. <laughs> so explanations. Look for a big moth and beardy men, and you will find us with <laughs> synths and guitars and dog sex noise vocals. Ooh. And what about you, Graham? So now you've got uh, something, oh, something up and coming because you're going to be off the podcast for a little while as well. I know. As we found out today. Because <laughs> <laughs> the problem was I was meant to be on next Sunday with the favourite franchises and I was excited for it, but I forgot that I had a show because all that existed in my life was getting DragCon out the way and then I got reminded, oh, you've agreed to do all this crazy stuff. But yeah, I'm at a show for Drag Castle at... Uh, Prohibition Bar next Sunday. It's uh, if you so if you're not watching this, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, uh, but if you're not, <laughs> come along to that. Um, and then obviously we have Drag Idol happening in February, so I will be off the podcast for about two months, kind of thing, because it's an I eight week to, show. I used to watch that all the time online. I used did to you? find, yeah, I did. I used to watch. I used to get sneaky little uh, YouTube clips of it sent to us I'm of sure all the it's really it's really good like it, it's it's one of these things where we encourage every because i got my start in it and i think that was a good start to have because it's a it's a competition it's genuinely yeah. a competition where you basically the judges like go okay here's a theme for next week you have to put together uh, an edit track for it you have to put together a, like an outfit and stuff you have to put it together a routine and then perform it the following sunday and it's a lot of hard work and, you know, it, it strengthens you as a performer having to go mm-hmm. through all of that. And I'm the correspondent for it. So I have a series called Snatch Talk that we will be doing again, where basically I interview the contestants each week. We follow them. We get some backstage stuff and then we have to edit it all together in the space of a week. which is Excellent. So much fun. fun. I will not be sick of my life at all by the end of it. <laughs> and then you yeah, come back and really join good. us for a whole lot of Sunday yeah, that's fun. It. This will be therapeutic. <laughs> this will be my therapy afterwards. It's just been oh, so, so fucking be fair, Yeah, we've been saying that for a long time. This is our therapy. This is how we get through our day-to-day normal shit. <laughs> it starts yeah. my week. I just couldn't even shout. But uh, what I'll do is I'll put a comment in the thing, though. If you want to see the stuff from DragCon and what I was getting up to last weekend, you need Please to follow do. the podcast, which is Girl Global. Uh, on social media and obviously myself the velvet snatch or if you want to follow me on twitch it's a noise s-y-n-o-i-z but yeah i'll I'll post that now actually hold on there we go we've done it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the power of pressing return but yeah no that'd be great but uh thanks for having me on again always very welcome anything anything to plug kev charlotte's fate (laughs) oh kev (laughs) her her feet can just jog on 
Uh, Charlotte's cool, cool, but apart from that, I'm just going to be working. So, so usual. The joys of COVID, folks. The joys of COVID. Yeah, I I feel it, and like I said, like I said, I'll just be making Sam's dreams come true. (laughs) Like the good friend that he is. Yes, but we have got interesting times. But we do have a few interesting projects coming up as well. Um, Like I said, we're in the talks with a few different businesses. Um, I know to get people excited as well. We have, like I said, men might be getting well hopefully soon um if you've been to a dinosaur uh shop in south shield called rexy's where basically he has the best jurassic park collection ever he's yeah, going to be hopefully coming on to talk about all things jurassic park because it is the anniversary year this year i believe yes and it is it's an anniversary year every year dude it's some kind of special anniversary i don't know <laughs> um and, and also we have got like other like say nerdy things people hopefully coming on very soon as well it's um, the year of promotion the year of promoting and networking we're all one big nerdy family yes but yes so hopefully in the next few weeks or months as well we should be seeing some new faces i know sonia is going to be coming back soon Yay! for like simpson episodes um when talks with other people like say in the nerdy north community i know there's a Young Grass from Birmingham, who works at, in Everton Planet, has a very uh, extensive knowledge in comics and stuff. I mean, talks with her, coming on to see what episode is. And Sam's looking confused. I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I think I know yes. who it is, but okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, so same back time, same back channel. Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.